years ago, a crack commando unit was sent to prison by a military court for a crime they didn't commit. These men promptly escaped from maximum security stockade to the Los Angeles underground. Today, still wanted by the government, they survive as soldiers of fortune. If you have a problem, if no one else can help, and if you can find them, maybe you can hire... All right, welcome to another Big Fake Radio Show. Joining me as always is new Larry, Kevin Jank. That was my quote from MVP, too. Don't believe me, <laughs> don't try watching that. <laughs> You'll recognize that quote right away. <laughs> Jank's doing a bit right out of the gate. All right, we'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, Tuffy is also here. He's on the road driving to Michigan to play some grab ass. Tuffy, are you there? Any white people here? <laughs> that is a good line from <laughs> Yes, the movie we're watching tonight <clears throat> is Sheena. Sometimes referred to as Sheena, Queen of the Jungle, nineteen eighty four, starring the lovely Tanya Roberts. And uh this is the last month or the last week of going eight for August. So thankfully there's uh there's a lot of chimp action in the Sheena. A lot of chimps. Yeah. Well, in- not a lot of screen time for those chimps, but well, I guess they were Tiki only t- in there. Tiki plays some <laughs> yeah. important parts in this movie, uh, yeah, so we'll talk yeah. about that later. <laughs> but the original idea for tonight was we were going to watch MVP two, most vertical primate. Where our yeah. buddy Jack God bless Tubi <laughs> starts the skateboard. <laughs> so the other day, like I guess Wednesday, Tuffy sends out a message. He's like, "Hey." I, you know, we got a problem on Tubi. The audio is fucked up on MVP too. <laughs> and, I, and I thought Puffy was just, you know, doing some shenanigans here, trying to get out of watching MVP too. Yeah. So I went over to the Tubis and I popped it on. And uh, yeah, sure enough, you watch the MVP two over there, and you see the little monkey. You see all that kind of stuff. You can hear music. You can hear sound effects, but mm-hmm. the dialogue track is silent. No dialogue. Yeah, there's whatsoever. dialogue for like one or two people. Yeah, the, the one lady it. at the zoo. Or not the yeah. zoo, but yeah. the... Uh... Yeah, I watched like 10 minutes of this fucking movie before I figured out there's no dialogue. <laughs> Tuffy thought it was a silent film for a long time. Well, yeah. the first like uh, five minutes is just the chimps at the preserve. Yeah. And then uh, Jack goes to like, uh, gets drafted to a hockey yes. team, I guess. He gets drafted to the NHL <laughs> from from his monkey resort or, or uh, what do they call it, reserve. Or the chimp. He's living with yeah. his chimp family. And he's got like a little brother named Louie. Louie's a rock star. This Louie guy needs to get his own movie. Yeah. He's awesome, Louie. And, uh. So Jack, well, Jack gets drafted, then he's doing sign language. So for the first like five minutes or ten minutes, I was like, so is this like from Jack's perspective now? Are they going real <laughs> artistic where, uh, we have to do sign language the whole fucking movie? Yes. They're doing really <laughs> artsy films now over the Air Bud Company. <laughs> but yeah so we couldn't watch mvp2 so that's things i wanted to still watch it i figured we could just read lips and you know figure out what was going on but these two bumps yeah. here they didn't want to watch it so uh i had to pick something else jake you're did skim, but apparently he's all played hockey skating <laughs> like he's got yeah he's i don't know doing it at all i i don't know how it works but uh he does start out playing hockey in this film and then he somehow transitions to skateboarding so I can only assume that he does something horribly wrong in the in the league and gets suspended for like a year 
and he has yeah. To when I was trying to trying to find the sound, I don't know how he gets kicked out of the NHL, but then he's in like a back alley, and some kid's like on a skateboard, and Jack jumps <laughs> on it. Then he's at the skateboarding competition. There's people like jumping off the half pipe doing tricks. I guess Jack wins because he's just the monkey who can ride a skateboard. He's not doing any fucking tricks. He's just riding the thing. <laughs> yeah, that's enough. <laughs> I did see what got him kicked out. Uh, I can't oh, made it that far. Um, he was playing, you know, the, they're playing some team called the Carjackers, I think. Very cleverly <laughs> named. All right, so uh, I guess this isn't the NHL. This is some other no, league. probably not. <laughs> But, uh, you know, they got it in for, for Jack here. So the one kid, like, uh, you know, he's got a pre, pre-set-up blood pack in his hand. So he goes in and checks Jack real hard and then comes out like, oh, look, you hit me. I'm, Oh man, they they framed the monkey. They yep. framed the monkey. They're sons of bitches. And Dirty carjackers. This movie sounds awesome, so we're gonna have to go back and watch it. Uh, Once Tubi I've never been more grateful for out. Tubi. Come on, figure it out, Tubi. Let's go. Get your shit together. Maybe the beginning of Love on a Leash wasn't messed up. Maybe it's just Tubi's fault. <laughs> There was no sound for like five minutes. Know. But I mean, yeah. So I don't know. We got to figure out what's going on with Jack and MVP, MVP two. But for tonight, it's Tiki and Tanya Roberts and Sheena. Yeah. Talk about that. All right. So uh, other uh, besides that, uh, I watched the She-Hawks. We'll talk about the She-Hawks as well. And then, uh, Jank, I believe you still have a top 11 in the holster, right? Ew. Uh, yeah. And our buddy Tom Buck too also wants uh, us to give him a call later on in the show, so we'll check in with Tom Buck too. But uh, what should we start out with here? Uh, just go right to Sheena. <laughs> uh, I did yeah. watch one other thing this week. Uh, right. I watched the A and E biography for The Undertaker. Oh yeah, I haven't watched any of those A and E A in A and E. Yeah, A and E things. Yeah, <laughs> what is it? A E W. No, 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 it's different. A and E. Yeah, I haven't watched any of those shows because they got the biography, they got the uh, rivals, um, they got something else too, maybe uh, too. But uh, got a lot. Yeah. So, did you enjoy the Undertaker? Yeah, it was pretty good. Um, you know, the Undertaker is like fine. He's not my favorite wrestler. I feel like he's a little yeah. overrated. But <laughs> uh, the one thing that caught my attention was um, he was talking about the first time he, you know, came out as the Undertaker in WWE. And he said yeah. he was so full of adrenaline that he really had to focus on walking slowly to the ring. <laughs> well, you mastered that. Good job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, it was pretty good. All right, well, that's good. Um, yeah, maybe we'll talk wrestling at the end there as well. Hey, before we get into the She-Hawks, uh, or the Sheena, either one, let me do some market research with you two fellas. Let me try something oh. Theoretically, all right, just, you know, in theory, say there's going to be a new radio show and say it might feature Cousin Brandon, Larry and myself. <laughs> yeah, theoretically. Sounds good so far. Sign me up. What would they you like? Three that lonely old men. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, the working title for the show at the moment is Brandon Hates Larry. That's pretty good. Yeah, I like it. So, uh, but what would you like the show to actually be about? 
Uh, Jank, any ideas? Any thoughts? Hmm. Uh. Yeah, that's where we're at as well. (laughs) Um. All right. Well, you think about it. Uh, Tuffy, any ideas? I Twilight Zone all the time while you just kind of sit there. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like it's going to lean heavily on 80s pop culture discussions. That's what I figured, something like that, you know, uh, do something like that. See, my original idea is like Brandon Brandon came to me with this idea, you know, and I said, well, sure, I'll do whatever you guys want. But uh, maybe let's do something like um, like we used to do with the old top 11s when you and Larry would each go head to head on the top 11s and you would yeah. just, you know, argue about shit. And that'd be great. You know, just you versus Larry. And maybe we'll we could set up like a competition or something like I award a winner each week and we keep track and everything like that. And but Brandon was like, yeah, I don't know if I want to do the list thing again because you know it's too much, like what we did on LCS. And I'm like, all right, but that's kind of what worked, so we should probably do that. Yeah, I mean, but, it is a podcast, so you have to pick yeah. like either making lists, watching movies, or talking about TV shows. That's that's, that's pretty where much I'm what at. Podcasts are about. Yes, because Larry also said that he he really doesn't want to do a show about a TV show or a movie or anything like that. And I'm like, well, that's what podcasts are. You know, that's pretty much what they are. <laughs> I mean, instead yeah. of doing, like, the, the one big Twilight Zone show you talked about, you could do, like, an episode-by-episode episode Twilight Zone. Yeah, I don't think they want to do that, and I don't think I'd want to do that either. I mean, I do, yeah. but uh, I probably not what I want to do. Um, but, uh, so, Larry doesn't know what he wants to do, but he would like to do something. And uh, Brandon had an idea for, like, making it like more like a structured debate, and he just wanted to... Uh, yeah. Like I'd come up with a topic and Brandon debates Larry about the topic, but he didn't want to know what the topic was before the show started. And Larry brought up a very good point. He's like, well, that's going to be tough because what if I don't have an opinion or if I had no enough of information about something, the show's going to yeah. be yeah. over very quickly. And then someone has to choose like the opposite that they don't believe yeah, in at that's all. That's what I mean. Cause that's what I told Brandon. Like they've got a million of these shows on ESPN and that's all they do is you just debate things and you can tell people are just making up arguments. Like they don't believe this. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, I'd rather, <laughs> yeah. I think what we want is we want to have conversations where things are debated, but you don't want to have a debate. All right. That's what the thing I think is a happy yeah. spot where. I mean, if you do open ended kind of things like who's the best, you know, 80s action hero or something. Yeah, I suppose, but I, the, the reason I – we don't have to do top 11s, but the reason I like the whole list concept or – I was even saying we could do like a draft, like uh, there's a topic and Larry and Brandon take turns drafting their respective picks, you know. That might even yeah. mix it up more. Um, but I, I was Thank just saying like uh, – because when you make a decision, like in, when you're writing a book, you want your character – you want to show their uh, character, you make them make a decision. So when you might put the list yeah. together – Everyone has to make a decision. What's on their list? Why am I choosing this? And then you get to learn a lot about that person by the choice that they make. So I think that's why it's effective. And, uh, oh, by the way, I was, I'm still putting up old LCS shows and, uh, the Ed shows on YouTube. I think we have like 85 Ed shows somewhere around there and about 60 some LCS shows. And one of the LCS ones I put up recently was, uh, top 11, me, Brandon, and Larry all did this list. Top 11 movies that define us. Like that remind us of ourselves or whatever. And uh, this was uh, quite the episode. Brandon's doing it from the parking lot of a bar. And <laughs> and he has to. And at one point he has to go in and get it and pay his tab. So he's doing the show while he's walking in the bar. 
and yeah, it's it's very entertaining. But yeah, you learn so bad about driving in the car to Michigan now. Yeah, yeah, don't worry about it. <laughs> uh, but you you learn a lot about us by listening to that show because you can see what li- what movies and who. So I think that's the benefit of these doing these lists. You know, you learn a lot about the yeah. books. So uh, I don't know. That's what I'm still going to be arguing for probably if we ever uh, get close to this. But are there any other ideas? Because uh, obvious, the obvious things with podcasts, like Tuffy said, you you do one, you focus on one show and you do a really deep dive, like Jank and Larry, like you guys did with the Shield. Uh, you focus on one like era of something, like Mike and Eller and I are doing with Flea Market Fantasy, like seventies and eighties comic books, something you know, focused on that. Uh, what else could you do? Uh, fuck, like if you do a serial type thing, but that takes a lot of research. Yeah, and I'm not, I'm yeah, not doing that. Doing that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not doing that. So, what else is there, Jack? Come on, you're an idea man. What else is there? Uh, I mean, politics. Could, this could be yeah, I want, to, uh, I want Brandon's uh, hot takes on politics. <laughs> That's really what I want to listen to an hour <laughs> a week. Because of Brandon's hot takes on politics. I want no. to hear you and Brandon arguing and Larry just losing his mind in the background. Yeah, we don't want that <laughs> at all. Yeah, we don't want that. I don't that think that's your in a week. No. Uh, <laughs> but uh, what else is there to do, Jake? Uh, well, I mean, I guess you could do kind of like some Hollywood news or something. <laughs> Upcoming <Hollywood>. projects. <laughs> yeah, we, we read a headline and I ask them to pick out the pedophile over this Hollywood story. <laughs> yeah. Who do you think is the pedophile? No, uh, the other I, like, so you're, uh, uh and uh, just throw them at him. See what Wait, they come I, up with. You, you cut out on me there with your Skype. Your, <laughs> what, what did you say? Maybe just look up some like improv type games. And, uh, no, no, we're not <laughs> doing that. <laughs> You're very much the uh, the David Feeney of this podcast. You want bits, you know? And Larry yeah. and Brandon, they're both saying life is not a bit. Not everything has to be a bit. <laughs> but, well, I'm fine with just the three of us going in there and talking and just recording it, whatever we talk about. That's fine. We can do that. But, yeah. but I think you need something, though, to, like, unify the show. Like, some for, don't you? I mean, you need something. Uh, I mean, it's just Larry and Brandon and what they're up to and if other stuff kind of <laughs> comes out of that, you know? All right. Well, that'll be the next idea I pitch. And then uh, the, the other one I had was uh, I have, like, we have six categories, or like uh, TV, movies, music, food, ladies, chimps. I don't you know. You could talk else. about wine. You could finally do that LCS wine show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but they, they, you pick a category, and then we give you the question, whatever it is, you know, whatever, like best, you know, 80s song or whatever. And then they, they draft back and forth. Like, they don't know the topic ahead of time. They're on the spot. They got to, like, draft five or so. And then we just argue about what they pick and who wins, you know, but I don't know. Yeah. I, I like to do, do it like. Go ahead, Jay. Do, do something like that, but kind of tournament style where you got like a bracket system and you just randomly throw them, you know, pairings at them and they got to argue about which one wins each, each matchup. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. They get down to a winner. The New Day uh, did that. Tuffy, did you ever listen to the New Day podcast? Remember when they no. did that? They did this thing where they had a bracket, like the best toys or something, like, and they had 64 brackets, and they had matchups, and they would argue, and then they would each vote 
And there, since there's three of them, and whichever one got the two would uh, advance to the next round. Yeah. So we could just. Well, here's an idea you can kind of do is you could do like um, best things of each year. So you start in like 1980, and you do one episode's the best song, one episode's the best TV show, one's the best movie, and then you have a best thing of the year that can culminate in the best thing of the decade. That'll leave a couple months if you do that. <laughs> yeah. That's not bad. Something along those lines, yeah. I also Somehow had Brandon like, come up with songs that no one's ever heard of. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because I I wanted to do that drafting idea because I thought, like, if we do, like, I don't know, best bands of the 2000s, and then Larry picks first and he says the sandwiches, what would Brandon do? <laughs> like, he would... <laughs> he would... I mean, this is all predicated on Brandon showing up for each episode, which I know you'll schedule yeah. it around his habits probably, but... Uh, yeah, we won't be recording at night. It'd probably be, you know, right after work or something when Larry gets home. Probably do it in the afternoons or something. But, because uh, Brandon isn't staying up. Theoretically, again, theoretically, Brandon should be here in two weeks to talk about the Twilight Zone. That's where mm-hmm. he's, he's scheduled for, uh, what, September 9th, I think. So... Well, when he's That's here, we can hash out what your podcast is going to be about. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, we'll see. Crap. I don't know. We'll see. Because, uh, I, again, I, I think twice I've said, why don't we all just talk on the phone about this <laughs> on Skype, you know, and just, just talk it out, you know, like hash out some ideas. And uh, those the, that suggestion has been ignored twice. So I don't know. <laughs> but we'll see. He's going to show up and wing it. I suppose. Fine. Yeah, I don't know. We'll figure it out. All right. Well, I guess we learned something here. Uh, just ch- just talk or do the best of each year. I was also going to do something with like the TV ratings from the past, where like uh, we pick a random number and like uh, then each year we go through like oh we we do a deep dive on the 39th ranked TV show of 1980 and then 1981, 1982. Just see what the 39th yeah. ranked one. Maybe that's a bit we'll do on this show. Lord knows we need bits on this show, for fuck's sake. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I'll keep everyone uh, yeah. updated on that. But uh, I had some automotive difficulties this week, too. Oh, no. So I uh, took my car in for an oil change before I drive up to Michigan Wednesday after work. I just went to one of the, like, quick oil change places. They change the oil while you sit in the car, and then I got to get a tire rotation, so I got to get out for them to do that. So I uh, go stand outside, burn a dart. Guy walks over, he says, "Hey, I can't get one of the lug nuts off." Oh no! Like I, I don't know what you, you know. Do whatever you can, but it is what it is. <laughs> so he comes back thirty seconds later and goes, "Uh, he snapped the fucking stud off the wheel." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "What? What?" Did you buy those plastic lug nuts? <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Again? <laughs> so, yeah, he's like, oh, you should be fine to drive. You know, you should probably get that fixed, though. It's like, thanks. You, I guess. You broke it. Why aren't you fixing it? <laughs> yeah. Well, this is just like one of those quick change places. They can't do, like, the repair. They can just do the break. Uh, <laughs> they can't do yes. it. <laughs> so I was talking to a... Uh, buddy of mine and he's like so did you yell at him did you insist they pay for it it's like why what is the point the guy who broke it was obviously the guy in charge at the time (laughs) so if i yell at him what's he gonna do 
He's still not going to say it's my fault. Yeah. Tough. You're uh, an attorney. Sue him, Tuffy. Yeah. Well, it cost me a hundred bucks to get a new one. Holy fuck. Hey, yeah. Uh, it, it, because of you, I, mean, I could have done. I could have done some polls on champions with that money. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Oh, hey, speaking of which, uh, I didn't do it, spend any money on champions, but uh, Fanduel sent me a, a note today saying, "Hey, you got you got uh, free credit on the casino. Ooh, Go and uh-oh. use it." So I went over to the casino today. They gave me five free dollars to play the casino. So I just opened up the kitty glitter and went to town. And I was done in like three minutes. Lost all five dollars. And uh, yeah, kitty glitter is rough on uh, Fanduel. It's not the kitty glitter I played. It's like a slightly different version of kitty glitter. It looks like to me. Just then, those You keep cutting out on the skypes, Jack. Is your head uh-uh. near the wall? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, the reason we're recording with Skype this week is because we thought it sounded better than uh, Spotify Live, but uh, uh, I don't know. For the show. <laughs> but, um, all right, hey, Tuffy, because of you, though, I got the little plastic caps for my uh, tires last week. So Yeah, that's the way to go. I got a little black plastic one. I got 12 of them, so I'm ready to go. I might just go around town replacing people's caps on their tires because I got you know, 11 <laughs> extra ones. So. Yeah, wow. Mike Bell tire cap seat. <laughs> That'll be the new podcast. Let's talk <laughs> about that. All right, so uh, let's talk Sheena. Let's get into Sheena. Yeah, yeah. Again, this is this Tanya Roberts. Uh, we we uh, encountered her with the uh, Beastmaster, Tuffy's beloved yes. Beastmaster. When I was a kid, I knew her from uh, Charlie's Angel. She was the like sixth Charlie's Angel. After uh, Farrah Fawcett, Kate Jackson, Jacqueline Smith, Cheryl Ladd, Shelley Hack, and then Tanya Roberts, then the show ended. And I never really liked her too much as a kid because I liked Cheryl Ladd and uh, Jacqueline Smith and whatnot. So she was always just a lesser Charlie's Angel. And then I guess older, uh, later on, she played, wasn't she on uh, that 70s show She as was well? Midge. Yeah. Midge Pinciotti. I never watched that show, but occasionally I'd have it on and I'd notice her. And, well, look, it's Tanya Roberts. Look, she's still looking good. Uh, but this Tanya Roberts, she is spectacular. I got yeah, yes. Yeah, she is. Agreed. Big fan of this Tanya Roberts back in the day. And uh, apparently, uh, I, I forgot about it, and I didn't have time to do enough scholarly research, but apparently she was in Playboy around the same time. So. Yeah, that would make that sense. If she can yeah. get naked in a PG movie, then why wouldn't she get yes. in Playboy? Yeah. <laughs> this apparently may have been the final PG movie with nudity in it, because it was like a big deal, like uh, – She's in. She's naked. Not a lot. Like there's two scenes, but yeah. uh, in each scene, she's naked, head to toe, on the screen for several seconds. The one, yep. the one scene, it's a, like a couple minutes. It seems. Like <laughs> so. make the most you know? of it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, all right. Let's. Uh, this is 1984. Now, I, I take it neither of you guys. You're younger than me, so you probably. Uh, Jank, do you even know that this movie existed, really? Did you have any concept of it? Uh, I'm sure I did. I feel like I always, I've always i heard of Sheena, and I always get her confused with, you know, a very similar character, Shanna, the she-devil. Yes, wife. <laughs> because yeah. I had that same misconception, yeah. Um, wait, wait, Sh- Shana, Shauna, or whatever, Shauna? Yeah, Shauna, I think. Is Shauna Kazar's wife? Is that what you said? Oh, yeah. I had no idea. Yeah. I had no idea. 
Congratulations yeah. to those crazy kids in their marriage. Uh, Tuffy, I take it uh, you didn't know a lot about Sheena either there, Tuffy? No, I was born in 1984, so I was not seeing this one came out. Uh, <laughs> I've probably seen it on Tubi pop up every now and then as an idea, but yeah, see, the I was PG a, rating probably scared me off. I was a lad when this came out. I was like uh, nine, and I never saw it. But what I remember hearing about it was it was terrible, and it was one of the worst <laughs> movies ever. Boy, were those people wrong. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what they were watching. Yeah, like, I mean, we'll get into our reviews later, but uh, it's not, it's nowhere near as bad as I expected. Like, I expected it to be way worse. Uh, the budget for this, the, yep. the budget for this film was $25 million, and it grossed $5.7 million. So, missed it by that much. The uh, pretty big box office bomb was the Sheena. So, yeah. That's unfortunate. They uh, they shot on uh, on site in Kenya, so mm-hmm. I'm sure that jacked up the price. They also had to fly in Hollywood animals to do all the stunts. Yeah, so they actually had a horse to look like a zebra. <laughs> That's right. They painted a horse to look like a zebra, <laughs> and uh, you can really tell. You can really tell. <laughs> look, uh, but. <laughs> But in fact, they had to fly in an elephant, a rhinoceros, uh, horses, yeah, like, three chimps. More than that, I think they had five chimps or six chimps. Even like they rotated them in and out, you know, because I'm sure the chimps got tired, so they had to rotate them in. Uh, a bunch of birds and stuff. So, yeah, that's oh, crazy. So many flamingos. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that flamingo scene is an all timer. We'll get to that yeah. later. <laughs> uh, the director here is a fellow named John Guillermin. 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 And I guess he's a famous dude. He did a bunch of old movies, including like King Kong in 1976. And um, it, uh, what was the uh, fuck? There's like one of them disaster films. Towering Inferno, oh, like, I think. For... Yeah, Towering Inferno, I believe. Thanks. But he was a, he's a big, uh, big name director. And the writer here, well, the original yeah. screenplay was written by David Newman. And uh, this David Newman fellow, he wrote all the uh, Superman movies. And he, like the first three. And he also wrote Bonnie and Clyde, which is a great movie. That was like the first screenplay he ever did. But then they got some other guy to come in and do the script. Mm. I don't know why. And then he like rewrote a bunch <laughs> of stuff. And then they brought in another guy who rewrote a bunch of stuff. So I don't know. I don't think what we see on the screen is probably, uh, you know, the, the best writers' work that they could have had here. One um, of those writers was Lorenzo Central <laughs> Jr. That was the, the third one. I definitely he's the third yeah. one that came in. Yeah. And yeah, he's kind of famous as well. Uh, what are his big things? Three Days of the Condor. Holy fuck, that's a good movie. The Parallax View. That's a good movie. So I, I guess remember in the credits of uh, the '66 Batman show, he was one of the main writers on that show. Oh no shit! Yeah, yeah. there it is. Yep. <laughs> How about that? So uh, I guess he was all right. The, I think the if they could have just stuck with the first script, then maybe him uh, it probably would have been a little bit better. But uh, so the dialogue was kind of funny. So <laughs> some of it, yes, yeah. and some of it was terrible. So it's a, <laughs> it's like some of it worked and then some of it was. Uh, we got Tanya Roberts as Sheena. This movie was originally uh, supposed to be around in like it was originally pitched in 1970. I think 76, 
And right away they got, they had some studio buy it and they were like two months into the production of it and they were, or at least the planning of it and everything. And they were going to have, uh, Raquel Welch was going to be Sheena. Ooh. Yeah, that would have been real nice. Uh, but then the project stalled and uh, the studio backed out or something. So then they went somewhere else and then it couldn't get off the ground there. So then finally it ended up at this production place in the eighties. And originally the idea was Bo Derek maybe would be in it. Um, and also Harrison Ford was originally considered for the main lead here for the male. And this was back in like 82, this planning was going on. So this was right before Raiders of the Lost Ark, before he became super famous. And well, he was already Han Solo. Yeah. But I mean, really, that's what Raiders really put him to another level. I think, you know, I would say, well, Star Wars in terms of popularity, but in terms of being an actor, you know what I mean? But <laughs> Um, but yeah, yeah. but yeah, Oscar after Star Wars is an acting triumph. Yeah. No one knows there's more than George Lucas. <laughs> but so I don't know how close he was to getting the part, but they said he was considered for it. Um, some other ladies that were considered Sybil Danning. That's right. <laughs> oh. I would have loved to see Sybil Danning in this. Holy fuck. That would have been great. That would have been good. probably not as good though. I think uh, I'll take Roberts. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. tough call. Tough call, but uh, yeah, Sybil would have been great. Not that tough. <laughs> How dare you? I'm <laughs> uh, trying to think uh, who else I read was considered for this, but yeah, some other bunch of ladies. But Tanya Roberts really wanted the role, and uh, she had just come out of Charlie's Angels. Like that was right the year when she appeared on Charlie's Angels, so she was kind of popular, and I. Th- and she like really kept going after them to get the role, get the role, and they finally agreed. So she's like, "All right, yeehaw!" So she's how you, she's your Sheena. Now the male lead in this, uh, he uh, playing Vic Casey, is a guy named Ted Wass, W A S S. You recognize this guy? Oh, nope. Most folks would remember him as uh, Blossom's dad on the TV show Blossom. My and B. Alex's dad. Yeah. <laughs> So you can guess it's probably not what you want for a leading man. Mayim Blossom's dad. <laughs> no. I mean, that was, of course, after Sheena, but still. I think he was on Soap as well, actually. I love Soap. Um, uh, what else uh, was he in? But here's the thing about this guy, this Ted Wass fella. That's one of the problems with this film. I don't buy him as a leading man uh, equal to Tanya no. Roberts. You know? No. Because here's a little tip for if you, he Ted Wass. She'd ever seen. I don't think he would have had a chance. Yeah, like uh, Ted Wass. Maybe if you're going to be in a movie where you got to take your shirt off, get a chin-up <laughs> bar, do some pull-ups, <laughs> some push-ups, something, man. Come on, looks terrible next to Tanya Roberts. Thank you. Come on, let's go. So, uh, yeah, not a fan of Ted Wass. Hey, Tuffy just got pulled over live on the show. Did you hear that? He got pulled over. Yeah. Are you being an ambulance driving thing? Oh, all right. I was going to say, hide your weed, Tuffy. Hide the weed. <laughs> I've not been, uh... Well, it's legal here. It's legal in Michigan. So I just had to watch out in Indiana. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, not what that else I have about Sheena? any weed, but... Is there anyone famous uh, in this film that we should mention? Anyone else? Uh, oh, well, the, well, the guy... The guy that plays uh, Fletcher, Fletch, uh, Vic Casey's sidekick, the cameraman, 
the little fat, the fat guy there, you know? The actor's name is Donovan Scott. People might remember him as Barbara or Leslie Barbara from Police Academy. Oh. He was the he was the fat guy in Police Academy. Oh, okay. Because he looked sense. really familiar when I was looking. I was like, where do I know this guy from? But yeah, that's probably it. Um, there's a lady in here, Elizabeth of Toro is her name, and she plays the shaman. And she was actually a legit princess from Uganda. And then oh. she was she was named to like some uh, foreign uh, minister position under Idi Amin and shit. So yeah. Ooh. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm looking for some other folks, anyone else famous in this, but I don't really see anybody, so I think we're done here. Let's just focus on Tanya Roberts and the chimps. That's all we yeah. really got to do. That's when this movie shines. Well, and the flamingos. Yeah. <laughs> flamingos. So here's the uh, description on IMDb. Sheena grew up in the African wild, raised by a mystical witch woman. When her foster mother is framed for a murder, Sheena is forced to flee, helped by her ability to talk to animals and her knowledge of the jungle. That's right. She can talk to animals. Yep. She was in Beastmaster, and now she basically is Beastmaster. Yeah. <laughs> but the way she does it is, like, she puts her her fingers of her right hand up to her forehead, and like her third eye, and she, like, closes her eyes and concentrates. And uh, it looks like she has a headache, but she's actually conversing with animals. And it is magic. <laughs> yep. So, love it. Uh, oh, about, about Sheena, though, real quick. She is a comic book character uh, from 1938. She dates back all the way to 1938. She was created by Will Eisner and Jerry Iger. You know Will Eisner, Jank, right? Yeah. As a comic book fellow, you should know Will Eisner, the spirit. And uh, they give out the Eisner Awards and everything for comic books because of Will Eisner. So, yeah, they created Sheena way back in 1938. And then Marvel then in the uh, late 70s, like, let's just rip off Sheena and create Shauna, something completely <laughs> different. identical <laughs> 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 outfit. Uh, yes. Backstory. So now in the comic books, uh, she's just in Africa with her dad who is like an anthropologist or something, and he accidentally drinks a poisonous concoction made by a tribe's witch doctor. And the witch doctor, uh, and, and he dies. So the witch doctor feels bad, so he takes care of the daughter and raises her as his own daughter. But the background for this film is a little bit different in terms of how her parents die. So uh, I guess we'll yeah. get into that. Hey, so Tuffy, how does this movie start? Savage Land. <laughs> yeah. That's weird. Uh <laughs> Yeah, it starts, we got a family of three white people driving their uh, off-road vehicle off into the woods, uh, trying to find where they're going, and they drive up, there's just a guy's head sticking out of the ground. Yes, there's a guy's head sticking out of the ground. He's buried up to his neck in dirt. Yeah. Yeah, so they get out of the car, uh, and then all of a sudden there's like a whole tribe of people setting stuff on fire around them. They tell them it's sacred ground, they can't touch anything, because... Uh, in the car ride, the I think the wife had a picture. The guy was covered in tumors, and they said there's no way he's still alive. He must be dead by now. So I don't know if they were doctors going to treat him or what. But yeah, uh, they so. show up. Yeah, so then he gets pulled out of the ground, and he's perfectly healed because the, <laughs> the ground is magic there. The healing earth. The healing earth. The cured him of the tumors. So the so then, mom uh, and the... 
the dad uh, and the little girl who is Sheena. Uh, they stay with the tribe and they're well, doing she's not research. Sheena yet. She has a different. Yeah, she, yeah, but she eventually right. becomes Sheena. And that they're doing research with the tribe. And I don't know what, but the, they're doing that. And the mom and the dad go off to, uh, some cave to get some, there's, they want to take that dirt back to civilization because they think this could cure a lot of people, you know? So, yeah. so they go into some, uh, canyon, some mountain cavern deal and they're like trying to look for minerals or dirt samples and whatnot. And they tell this African uh, tribes lady to, hey, watch our little daughter. She's sleeping in the tent. Yeah. Jank, uh, uh, what happens? Ah, uh, there's some kind of a cave in, and uh, the parents don't make it. <laughs> yeah, the little yeah, girl. Before they go ahead. Tommy. Before they go in, they're talking about like, uh, oh, the uh, you know the tribe has a bunch of legends about this cave that people die in there, but we don't believe that nonsense. So we're just going to go in and collect some samples. <laughs> yeah, so the little girl slips out the back end of the tent, and her so her uh, babysitter doesn't see her, and, and she goes wandering after her parents. Now, uh, this is 1984, different time, I, I know, but uh, yeah, little girl's uh, not wearing a top. Yeah, top little girl. Yeah, that was upsetting. That was upsetting. Yeah, and uh, she's like, she's a little girl, so you know, whatever. It's like three or four or something like that. So she goes to watch the uh, find her parents, and she gets to the edge of the the cave there, and she's like, "Hey, mommy," or whatever. And uh, the mom says, I, "I think her name's Jane, maybe the kid, something like that." And she Uh-oh. screams the the baby's name, and here it causes a cave in, and boom, the parents yeah. get squashed, but the little girl survives. And then Shaman, that mystical uh, lady there, she comes over and she picks up the little girl and she says, "Oh, the prophecy has been restored, has been come come true, or whatever." Because it was always a golden haired baby or something would lead them to peace or yeah, something about the mountain uh, closing off and some little girl or something. I don't remember what it was. Yeah, yeah, it was like the cavern will scream, or and a little girl will emerge with blonde hair or whatever, something like that. So the tribe and her name will be Sheena. Yeah, this African tribe. I think that they were the Zambulis or something, some fictional tribe. That sounds right. Mm -hmm. Uh, They take uh, Sheena in as their own, and they raise her as their own little daughter there. So then, Jank, the next time we see Sheena, they they flash forward a little bit. Now she's a like a 12-year-old, 13-year-old girl, and she's still topless. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. What is going on here? I thought the FBI would be knocking (laughs) on my door watching this film. What is happening here? Yeah. Yeah. Fortunately, she's not topless when she's an adult, which when she should have been topless. Yes, that's yes. the thing. That's, yeah. This whole time, I'm like, all right, well, at least when Tanya Roberts shows up, <laughs> this is going to be awesome. So then when Tanya Roberts finally shows up, they show her riding a zebra there, and it's like, oh, she's wearing a top, of course. Fuck you, director. <laughs> so, uh, like, when this happened, though, I was like, I, I went to IMDb immediately, and I checked to make sure James Gunn wasn't directing this film. What is going <laughs> on here? <laughs> like, this is uh, disturbing. Yeah, very young girls. Different times, you know, different times, Mike Bill. <laughs> what the fuck? Central Bar would be nice or something. <laughs> yes, just I mean, it's, uh, this is one of those things where I remember the uh, the Woody Allen documentary that HBO did last year or whatever. Okay. Because uh, it was the, the daughter that um, he had molested. I can't remember who that is, but. There's a lot of them. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah so they were talking about, you know at Mia Farrow's house, like they would just be swimming and, you know, the girls didn't wear shirts because we're all just family when they were like 10, 11, 12 years old. And that also struck me as weird in that. Yes. Well, cause it is weird. <laughs> that's yeah. Why, that's why it struck you as weird. Cause it is weird. 
<laughs> yeah, so this movie, it gets off to a very uh, questionable start. Like, what is going on here with the naked little girls? This is disturbing. Uh, but eventually, Tanya Roberts shows up riding a zebra, and everything's right with the world. So this is nice. <laughs> yeah, and she rides that zebra for a while at the start, too. Yeah, and, and Tanya at the end as well. And Tanya Roberts is just wearing, like, a loincloth uh, bikini situation. Like, you'd see an old, like, cave man movies or something, one of them deals just, you know, raggedy cloth bikini. And uh, so what happens now, Tuffy? Uh, after that, do we cut to the prince and the guy looking at the uh, topographic map of, like, titanium and the yeah the tribe lands or whatever? Yeah, there, there are two uh, African fellas. Uh, the one is the king of the land out near the Zambuli tribe, whatever this fictional country they're calling yeah, it or whatever. Yeah, I can't remember his name. Yeah, he's the king. But uh, in the office, there's this uh, researcher guy and the king's brother, who is a star football player. And yeah, he kicker. Did, yeah, he's a kicker. He He's famous for making a 68-yard field goal. Yeah. So he's, like, very popular. He plays for a team called the Cougars. Uh, why didn't they just make him a running back or a wide receiver? Why did they make him a kicker? I don't know. <laughs> also, no all the deal they made out of him being a kicker, Seriously. they never had him kick a football in the movie. Yeah, because that because that's the big deal. Like uh, the big carry that Blossom's dad and his buddy Fletch, they're uh, a director and a camera guy for like Wide World of Sports, basically. And they're supposed to go with his brother back to Africa so he can visit his his king brother. And they're going to have his king brother hold a football for him while he kicks a field goal. Like, that's the idea here. They're doing a little documentary thing sort of situation. And uh, but when we get when we go to Africa, though, we learn that. uh, The brother here, he's a shady guy. This brother, he's he's not a good guy. He wants to be the king. Yeah, because like you said, him and his researcher buddy, he kind of looks like Peter O'Toole. And he's smoking a lot of darts, Tuffy. And it looks like yeah. he's, got, he's got, like, the lung disease. You know what I'm saying, Tuffy? And he doesn't look healthy. Yeah. Was that a warning sign to you, Tuffy? This guy in 1984? No. All these years yeah, later. Yeah, he was still doing just fine. He was going to go steal titanium <laughs> from the tribe's people. Because the, uh, the king doesn't want the Zawambi. Is that, is that what they're called? Zamboli, maybe? Zamboli. 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 Yeah. Zamboli. The king doesn't want anybody to touch the Zamboli people or their land. So... Even though there's a bunch of titanium in those mountains, you can't go mine there. Yeah, but once this guy, if, if his brother dies, he'll become king, and then he'll mine the shit out of that Zimbuli land. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, so but, Jank, this is a pretty good plot. Right away, I'm like, oh, well, this is actually a way better plot than I expected going into this. At least I thought so. Yeah. I assume it was poachers or something, something cheap, but no. They actually had a fully thought-out plan. Yeah, this is pretty good. So then... uh but the the brother, the the creepy brother there, he backstabs his researcher buddy because he gives him some pills. He says, "Oh, here's your medication. Make sure you take it after meals." And, yeah. Uh, and his his buddy takes the pill there after he eats, and he dies. So yeah, so right away you're like, "Well, this brother's a creep. He's not a good guy," you know. And so they go to Africa. Implying to kill his own brother wasn't enough. Yeah, because his brother. Yeah, I'll kill my brother, <laughs> but just this random chain smoker guy. He looks like Peter O'Toole. <laughs> That's Roger all the line. Yeah, he was going to be dead soon anyways. You heard him coughing. Yeah. <laughs> Again, Tuffy, I think you should take that as like a warning sign, you know, like maybe learn from that guy that, hey, I don't. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> we'll get Tuffy some of that dirt. It'll fix him right up. 
We'll bury yeah, him up I'll go to the Zamboli <laughs> sacred land there, bury myself up to my neck, and I'll be fine. <laughs> Just like new. Um, yeah, and they take that guy out of the ground. Uh, there, there's no, the first boobs we see in this movie are not little Sheena's. They're uh, African dancers. No. Yeah, they're yeah. dancing around. You can see some of them. And then they totally take this guy to the dirt. Like, his dong's just flopping there. Like, you see this guy naked when he comes out of the dirt. <laughs> and then, then there's a, there's another close-up. And the, the first time the chimps are on screen, they're just jumping around in the trees and whatnot. And there's a real close-up of a chimp's crot. And there's a chimp wang just sitting right there. Just right in the... <laughs> <laughs> it's That's like, just... what is going on in this oh, movie? Oh, yeah, I guess we did skip over... <laughs> we skipped over the first chimp appearance is when we have... Uh... What, like six-year-old Sheena? She's playing on the vines with all the chimps. Yes, so. yes, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, there's chimp scene there. It's like, man, we're getting Since a little girl. this is an eight for August pick, we need to highlight the chimp appearances, I think. <laughs> naked, little naked girls and uh, chimp dongs just flopping around. It's like, okay, get this. What are we watching here? This is disturbing. But uh, but that little chimp was awful cute. That little chimp, he's like jumping around in the trees. Like, oh, 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 that guy's great. Yeah, I like that. I think that's Tiki. I think the little guy was Tiki. I think. <laughs> I don't know. Sure. Take your word for it. Yeah, she uses the name Tiki, but it's just like a kind of in general when she's uh, <laughs> talking about chimps. <laughs> she doesn't actually like have Tiki in her hand when she's talking to him or anything. So uh, I, I don't know. I'm going to go with the little guy's Tiki. But all right, so that's the thing. It's kind of like a, a Black Panther era plot, the political intrigue yeah. and the, who's ruling Wakanda and all that shit. So uh, we get to Africa. They're having a big dinner with the, the king and his brother. Well, first oh, we, we have also... the, uh, the, yeah, first the wine we... world of sports guy flying in, and uh, Fletcher sees Sheena swinging on a vine. Yeah, he, he sees a blonde girl. And uh, this guy knows what a girl looks like. Oh, I saw a blonde girl. And, uh, what a blonde girl? Like, no, it was a girl. <laughs> it's a girl. I know what a girl looks like. And, and Fletcher, <laughs> since he's a fat fella, he's also on a diet, a water diet. Where he just drinks cups of water all day. That's a running gag. Yeah. Yeah. They could have cut that character entirely and this movie would have been better. How dare you? I thought he was very good. I like I'm a big fan of Fletcher. Well he also saw the helicopter at the airport when they showed up, you know, the military craft assembling. Yeah, he's very and he was suspicious. Yeah, he was suspicious that there's gonna be a revolution. Also, Jank, uh, in 1984, uh, Marvel did a comic book adaptation of this movie, uh, two issues, and apparently Fletcher has a more prominent role in the comic book than he does in the movie. So, oh, well, maybe they made it make sense that he was just kind of <laughs> sitting the guy most of the movie. <laughs> Look out for the boobs! Didn't really uh, help any. <laughs> so. Uh, yeah, we should mention that once they're in Africa, then we see that the brother is also sleeping with the king's lady as well. And the king's lady's hot. I, I forget her yeah. name. Yeah. She's a good looking lady. Uh, Kanda or Zanda? I can't remember. Yeah, something like that. I have the IMDb page open here. Um, uh, we should mention that uh, Sheena was also nominated for five Razzie Awards for Worst oh. Film, Worst Actress, Boy. Worst. Hey! Worst screenplay, really worst actor. Be a hard time. Worst soundtrack. I know they didn't win any. They didn't win any Razzies. Uh, they were beaten out that year by Bolero and Bo Derek. They they pretty much swept the Razzies. Um, I mean, we've watched a, a lot of other movies from this general era that are way way worse than this movie. Yes, I would agree. Uh, C- Countess Zonda 
is the, the yeah. lady, and she's played by France Zobda, is the actress's name. <clears throat> but yeah, she's Foxy, and uh, we never see her topless. We see her her, uh, her bottom when she's getting a massage. Yeah, but, um, Vic certainly notices her uh, her top though when he's filming. Yeah, because they're at this fancy <laughs> dinner, and uh, she said there was a very low cut dress showing off uh, the sides of the boobs. And yeah. uh, Vic Casey, he's like, boobs coming up on your right. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and Fle- Fletcher's filming the table. Follow the pigs, follow the pigs, boobs coming up on your right. <laughs> and, and then Fletch, uh, he's like, what are you talking about? He's like, what, boobs? He's like, yeah, tits, they're coming up on your right, be aware. So he looks, and he goes, ooh, there they are. And he, like, zooms right in on them, Yeah, this Fletcher guy. This is going to be a good documentary. <laughs> It's going to be a great five-minute piece on ABC's Wide World of Sports. Yeah. All right, so while this is all going on, we should also say that the, the uh, Sheena's uh, godmother there, the, the mystical shaman lady who raised her, she taught her how to talk to animals. Oh, there's a scene where she's teaching little uh, naked Sheena. She's like, hey, little naked Sheena, here's how you talk to animals. And she calls over an elephant, and little naked Sheena calls over a hedgehog. Yeah. And, and she's like, oh, little person called little animal. Yeah, so oh, that's comedy. Comedy gold. Right there. <laughs> yeah. Top notch writing there. <laughs> so, but that uh, ma- mystical, magical shaman lady, she had a vision that the king was going to be, uh, be murdered. So, yeah. so she takes off from the Zambuli tribe. She tells Sheena, I've got to go into the city. I hate the city, but we got to do it. I got to try and warn the king. So she takes this like couple day trek into the city there. And she gets picked it up. It has to be more than a couple days. It felt like a couple days for Sheena to ride a zebra. This lady was just walking. <laughs> so <laughs> she uh, she finally gets there. Hey, you know who could have covered that distance even faster? A Gary Coleman in a foot chase. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I guess we have a nominee for best foot chase. Basically the second half of this movie. Or middle yeah. third, at least. Yeah. Yeah, I thought the beginning they, of this film was actually pretty solid. I thought the beginning here is actually pretty solid. So she goes to the city. She gets picked up by the police right away, and they arrest her because that countess lady, the evil lady, she has a scheme that they're going to yep. frame the the, uh, the lady, the mystical, magical lady there, to uh, that she's going to be the killer of the king. So they rig up this contraption, this crossbow in a tree because they're having a dinner outside there, and uh, the king gets shot right in the chest with the arrow. And then they uh, they have the cops bring in the Zambuli lady, and they have her with a bow there. And they go, oh, we Zambuli found this bow with this lady. It's a Zambuli bow. That's a Zambuli arrow or whatever. Boom, and this lady did it. So they just and, – and she doesn't say anything. She's just like, all right, I guess. <laughs> she doesn't protest yeah. at all. <laughs> He's like, all but right. Fletcher was uh, fumbling around with his camera when this happens too. Yeah. And uh, he accidentally points it up at the tree over top of the dinner table Yep. where the crossbow is. Yeah, and they don't realize that until they take the film back to get it developed. But they, but they, uh, they know that the. Uh, oh, by the way, when they're filming this movie, I guess uh, they're in the middle of Kenya, and this is 1984. So they had no idea what the dailies looked like. They couldn't, you know, just develop the dailies and check them out. They had to send them back to London to get them processed. Huh. So they they just filmed and hoped they got what they got. <laughs> okay, that does make sense. <laughs> So there's like a five day like delay before the film got there, and they, you know, so, um, yeah, that's crazy to think about that. Yeah. 
Um, so yeah, they, like you said, when they're looking through the film, they also have a little side—not a side, a little sidekick, but a, like like a college, yeah, like a local assistant, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Who's helping him out with the film, and he notices something in the film, so they blow it up, and they're like, sure enough, there's like a crossbow shooting an arrow. And they're like, wow, that lady didn't do it. We gotta get, we gotta tell, we gotta figure this out, blah blah blah. Yeah, so they so, want to go interview her then. Yeah, and she's in the jail. So <clears throat> they go to the prison though to interview her and Jank. When they're just about to get to the prison, what happens? Uh, Sheena shows up uh, riding a zebra with an elephant kind of being t- in tow. <laughs> He's following uh, and, along. And? And he, the elephant runs into the generator. And? and, and smack shit. Who else and is with for, them, Jay? Yeah, who else is with them? And? Oh, the chimp. <laughs> two chimps. Three chimps. Oh, I thought there were two chimps. Three chimps. All right. Yeah. There's like a mom. There's like a, a bigger chimp and a little chimp, I remember. But uh, I thought he's saying three chimps. I, I thought I three. There might have been two. But, uh, yeah. All right. So, yeah. Go ahead, Jack. The elephant is busting her out of jail, right? Yeah. He's, I think he smashes the generator first to turn the power off. And then he breaks through the wall, uh, which is pretty cool. Um, <laughs> well, yeah. The, that, that does bring up a good point, though. Yeah, because the chimps, there's a scene where the chimps, uh, I think it's Tiki, he goes in and he doesn't he get the keys off somebody and throws the keys to Sheena? And then keys she, yeah. And he just kind of picks them up, so it's not like he was really integral. Hey! <laughs> Watch it, that, that chimp was damn integral. So, <laughs> so Sheena opens up, but why do they even have to open up the thing? Doesn't the elephant just bust through the whole thing? <laughs> like, okay. He just opens the whole wall. Yeah, just just walk up he to busts, the wall. The elephant does the, the the heavy lifting here. He knocks down the electrified yeah. fence. Mm-hmm. He takes the hit on that one. He knocks yeah. down the wall of the prison. Yeah. The chimps didn't even need to be there. Hey, the chimps were hugely integral. Uh, the chimps uh, jumped on one of the guards, too. Like, there's a, a armed guard. The chimps jumped yes. on him and yeah. knocked him down. Although Vic Casey out. also knocked a guard out, so the chimps are as useful as Vic Casey, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a guard who's drawing a bead on Sheena, and Vic Casey uh, just cracks him. Because he's like, hey, I don't shoot that smoking hot blonde lady. Boom, and he punches him. There's yeah, no way Sheena Vic knew to come to the prison because the... Vic, Vic Casey's not knocking out anybody with one punch. I'm just going to no. say that right now. Yeah, that's not <laughs> I've seen him with the shirt off. He's yeah. not punching anybody out. No. But, yeah, Tuffy, how does Sheena know to come rescue the lady? Yeah, because when the shaman got arrested by the police uh, right when she got to the city, she did the little, you know, hold your fingers to your forehead thing and called Sheena and said, you know, I need a hand or whatever. Yeah, I am uh, I got my fingers to my forehead right now, and I'm trying to call Tanya Roberts. <laughs> yeah. See if you can call Larry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps. So, uh, yeah, but I thought this scene was great with the uh, animals. They, they said they had to be careful because uh, a lot of, like, uh, shoot animals tried to get in with the work animals, you know, in wrestling terms. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, like, when they were on set, they uh, they had to be careful because there were some uh, cheetahs or whatever roaming around. They had to be careful. Um, so, uh, yeah, because they also had lions. They flew in lions. And everything. Yeah. All right, so uh, they rescued the shaman lady. Uh, she so should have just had Tanya Roberts draw a circle around the set, and then they would have stayed yeah, well, that, away. That, that's what comes up now, yeah, Tuffy. So uh, she rescues the shaman lady, and uh, she uh, takes her back into the jungle. But uh, Vic Casey and uh, Fletch, they Fletcher. follow. They follow Sheena into the. They just drive right into the jungle with this little car of theirs. Yeah. 
that seemed like uh, I don't know if that's going to make it through the jungle, but all right, it did. It, it makes. Well, it, it's like an off-roading, like a eight, Range Rover, uh, Land Cruiser, or something like that. I suppose. Yeah. Um, so like they get they, they get deep into the uh, jungle there, and they're, they're looking at tracks, and he's trying to see, hey, where? How many toes does a zebra have? And uh, yeah, I didn't think zebra, zebras dummy. had toes. Yeah, yeah. Dummy, it's not a zebra, and uh, it's a lion. And he's like, what? And there's a lion right next to him. And he's like, what the fuck? So he runs back into his car, and all these lions come out of the jungle, and they're jumping on the car and everything. And then Jank Tanya Roberts swings down and lands on the hood. Yeah, uh, she does. That was great. <laughs> yeah, Tanya Roberts. <laughs> the camera's pointing right down the shirt. <laughs> and she and she says, like, who are you? Why are you following me? Whatever. And they try to explain who they are, and they're like, uh <clears throat> But uh, there's the guy a guy who punched that guy back at the, you know, the prison. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's how, that's what he says. But she doesn't have time for their shenanigans at the moment. So she takes a stick and she draws a circle around the car. And she says, as long as you stay within that circle, you'll be OK. And she's like, hey, I'll be back. I got to get somewhere. So she she walks off and Vic tries to like he follows her a little few steps out of the circle. He's like, hey, where are you going? And this rhinoceros comes running out of the jungle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I wasn't. What did the rhinoceros do exactly? Uh, he just stares them down, and then Vic jumps okay. back into the circle. And then when he jumps, they in the flew circle, a rhino all the way yep. out to Kenya just for that. <laughs> well, the rhino appears later on too, like uh, in the big fight scene at the end. It, the rhino's like okay. running into their trucks and shit too. Yeah. I think. I remember properly. Yep, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so Vic, Casey, and Fletcher—they're just sitting inside this circle. Uh, there's some, there's a lion there watching them too. Yeah, you think the lion would have been enough to keep them in check, but um, yeah, lion okay. four lions if I remember right. Uh, so then we cut over yeah. to see uh, Sheena talking to her buddy, the uh, shaman, and the shaman lady's like, "Hey, I'm dying. You know, I'm I'm done here. Uh, but uh, you're gonna, there's gonna be a friend or so, someone's gonna come to help you in your journey and look in their eyes and you'll be able to tell if they're a friend." Right, she tells something like that, I think, and then the shaman lady dies. And how about the elephant? He was digging a grave for her just as she's dying. You know? <laughs> yeah, she's not yeah. even dead. She's yet. not even. She's not dead. And, he's, and he is flinging the dirt out. <laughs> he's digging. getting the hole oh ready. This whole bag's done. Let me start digging. <laughs> with dead, snout. not dead. Whatever. I'm digging the hole, and you're going in. <laughs> so, well, so, uh, was one. Calling him with her telepathy, so he's like, "Fuck this bitch!" Now I'm finally free. Why, why don't they put? Why don't they put her back in that old uh, magic dirt? You know, get her healed up, bury her in there. I guess. Yeah. What if they just buried all their dead in that magic dirt? Do they come back to life? Let's go. Well, they were still like several days ride away from the Zambuli lands. So oh, okay. That's a good. Point. It might have been too yeah, yeah. far away. All right. Yeah. Yeah, I was thinking they're right there, but yeah, they they still are, still are like in the mid. Because the next twenty five minutes of the movie is just Tanya Roberts <laughs> and Vic Casey riding the zebra, walking, walking, one on the zebra, one walking, the other one walking, the other on the zebra, both on the zebra, both walking. <laughs> so, but Tanya Roberts comes back after her buddy dies, and she's talking to that Vic Casey, and she's staring him in the eyes, and she's trying to get a beat on him, like is he a good, is he a friend or whatever, and he says, "Hey, we're here because we know that that." That lady didn't kill the king, and we can prove it. We have uh, we have film. We can prove it and all. 
And he's like, I just got to talk to her. And she's like, well, you can't talk to her. She's, she doesn't even tell him she's dead. She's like, she's, she's gone far away, right? Or she's far away or something yeah. like that. Um, so uh, then is this when bad guys first show up, right? I think. Yeah, it's around here because then they send Fletch to take the film to get it out of the country. And yeah. the Casey says he's going with Tanya Roberts. Yeah, because the, the brother who killed the king, like, there's a full military revolt going on now. They, they, he's got the military. He, he's got this, like, uh, hired mercenary with him. He's got, like, white hair, short, cropped white hair. Look at angry Leslie yeah. Nielsen. Yes, an angry Leslie Nielsen. Yeah, good description. And uh, so they're going through the jungle, and he knows they have reports of this blonde girl on the zebra saving the lady. So they're like, all right, well, we got to go kill that lady, that shaman, and uh, kill everyone who helped her. But, hey, save that blonde, though, for me. You know, I'd like to talk to that blonde. And his his countess lady's like, yeah, what are you talking about? No, you kill that lady on sight. You know, I don't yeah, want that blonde. Yeah, she knows what thinking. Yeah. So they go into the jungle, and these mercenaries start showing up. And, hey, I think, if I'm not mistaken, don't the chimps let them know that there's trouble coming? Or is that yeah, the chimps on? are uh, like the scouts for this little yeah. uh, cat and mouse game <laughs> they got going on now. Yeah. So uh, so they start, to, and then they're shooting shit up. And uh, so, yeah, like you said, Vic Casey and uh, Sheena are on the run now. And they're being chased through the jungle. And eventually they, they climb a tree. Sheena starts climbing a tree, right? She's like, climb. Yeah. And she's mm-hmm. right above him in a little cloth bikini, and he's looking up at her. That's got to be a great view. Yeah. Climbing up that tree. Yep. Yeah. Worth the imminent yep. death. Except, <laughs> like you view. say, uh, Vic Casey doesn't do his pull-ups. Can't even yes. climb the tree. This guy has no upper body strength whatsoever. He he actually caught, like uh, forced Sheena to reach down with her leg, and he grabs her ankle, and she pulls him up with her leg. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe he knows what he's doing. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 But uh, I would have scurried up that tree like a lemur, like a ring-tailed lemur. I would have just been boom right up there. <laughs> but uh, then uh, once they get up in the tree, his allergies start acting up, but he sneezes. Yeah, and here, Jank, the snake apparently. But the this chimp is the one the thing the chimp was uh, integral for, I would say, yeah, in the, the whole movie. Because the chimp, he he sneezes then to cause a distraction, <laughs> like in another tree. So the guys think all the mercenaries on the ground think, oh, it's just that dumb monkey sneezing. They try to shoot the monkey for sneezing, but he runs away. Yeah. He's quick. He gets away. But, yeah, so because of a little Tiki and his, he's quick thinking, you know, he covered for them. So they didn't even look in the tree with Vic Casey and Sheena. Apologize, James. Yeah, yeah, he's starting to <laughs> Well, <laughs> the longer if they had just killed Vic Casey, this <laughs> probably would have been a better movie. Yeah, probably. <laughs> So, uh, but they climb down out of the tree then once the mercenaries leave and, uh, they sleep. Oh, there's a scene where they're sleeping, right? Or she's sleeping on the ground next to him and Vic Casey's just looking at her like, well, he's behind her and he's looking at her like, what the fuck? I am the luckiest guy in the world. I'm surrounded by yeah, Chips and Tanya Roberts. What is going on? <laughs> yeah, this they is like unbelievable. Just all of this is unbelievable. But then and the, the next, next morning he gets even yeah. luckier. Yeah, the next morning yeah, he's he brushing his teeth with like a mossy stick or something. And she just walks in completely naked. This is actually yeah. the second time we've seen her naked. Earlier in the film, there's a shot of her, like, underneath a waterfall getting clean. Um, and that's that's brief. That's probably, like, five seconds, maybe. And you see her mostly from the side and the back. But this one, uh, 
she just completely naked just walks by him, gets into the water, the little uh, lake there in front of him or whatever, the pond or whatever it is. And she just starts uh, washing off, you know. And yeah, completely naked. And he's like, you know, uh, what the fuck? And, uh, yeah. and, she, and she's like, what are you doing? You've got to be filthy. Get in here and wash. Aren't you going to wash? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, Jack, he opens yeah. up his shirt and, and she, she says, oh, you're, you're furry. You got fur. <laughs> <laughs> the Zambuli men don't have fur. And, and he becomes, and yeah. he's like, hey, wait, do I take my pants off? And then, but no, she, he doesn't do that. He gets all shy and uh, he doesn't want to get in the water then. Which you know seems ridiculous, but uh, Tanya Roberts, uh, she's still washing off though. Yeah, she's naked here for a good minute, right? Just yeah. Tina's not yeah. like uh, trying to hit on him by getting naked or anything. Like as we saw, she's been naked her whole life. So yeah, dude, just yeah. washing up. Just washing up. She doesn't have any concept of men and women and sexuality at all at this point. No, nah, she's a pure innocent lass, and. Uh, so he's all shy and doesn't want to let her know how horny he is. And, uh, yeah, that, that's about it, right? Like, how does the scene end? I can't even remember. Uh, I, I think it just cuts. Do the monkeys maybe. come and tell him that the soldiers are coming again, maybe? I think it might just cut. Like, she's watching, and it just cuts to, like, maybe go back to the, the brother or something, and they're talking about something, maybe. Okay. I don't know. And then the next yeah, time we see now them. we start our 20 minute uh, zebra ride at <laughs> <Yeah>. Zambuli Lands. <laughs> yeah, does anything of significance happen from that point of the film until the very end? Um, he's <laughs> riding behind her on the zebra at one point and asks her what she uses to wash her hair. I thought that was weird. Uh, that's great. <laughs> your hair smells fantastic. What do you use to wash your hair? And she's like, Zamzam berries. What else would a woman use? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there's, a, oh, there's a scene where they're trying to eat berries. Uh, and she's like, oh, these are, let's have, let's eat here, you know, we'll eat these berries. And the little chimp's on top of the rock up top, and he throws berries down and hits them on the head to tell them, hey, there's more bad guys coming. You know? Yeah. They would be lost <laughs> without Tiki. Tiki is the man. Uh, at one point, Wait, the elephant knocks a tree over them. while they're running away. <laughs> yeah, because they, they knock the tree down to block the uh, motorcade of the, the evil dude. Yeah. Man. Uh, Sheena shoots a flaming arrow into their gas reserves. Oh, yeah, that was pretty good, too. Uh, she makes this arrow. And again, while they're making the arrow, the little monkey's on top of the hill keeping an eye out. And he's like, hey, here they come, yeah. here they come. Because I feel and, like they uh, only had uh, one or two takes of that because his lighter does not light first try. Yeah. And that's not played up for, like, suspense in the movie. I no. feel like that was just the lighter didn't light the first time he tried it. Yeah, I think that as well. And then Tanya Roberts really took her time aiming that arrow. Like it was, yeah, yeah, she did. yeah. <laughs> that thing is gonna burn out, but she lets it go. Let it go, Sheena. Let yeah, she kept the arrow pulled back for a good twenty-five or thirty seconds. <laughs> but she does. Uh, but she's a dead eye. Boom! Right in the gas <laughs> tank of the, uh, the or the barrels, you know. And uh, boom! It blows up the car, and then uh, they're still chasing them through the the jungle for a while. Eventually, they catch them there, right? Because don't they like? They decide we're just they get to like the it. edge of the Zambuli lands, and there's a, I think a different Zambuli village that that's not Tanya Roberts' village that they burn the shit out of that one. Yeah, they say we're oh, just yeah. going to raise the ground here. We're just going to burn everything, and uh, so they surrender. Yeah, yeah. At some point, uh, well, because uh, she's shooting the bow and arrow because the Zambuli are renowned for their skills as archers. 
And which she is, tells which, Vic Casey that's how they're going to stop these bad guys. And he's like, they got guns. Arrows aren't yeah. going to do shit. Yeah. <laughs> and they just destroy that village. And then so they go out and they surrender. She's waving a white flag. And uh, so they get arrested. Point point. Taken a- <laughs> they, they kiss for the first time. Oh. Um, well, he, he just kisses yeah. her and she says, I, what are you doing? Like, why mouths are for eating? Why would you press yours yeah. on mine? <laughs> yeah. That was pretty great. And then, uh, I think it might be later on when they kiss again. Yeah. When he just says, kisses her and she says, what are you doing? She says, you're an enemy. <laughs> he's like, what? Yeah. And you just, enemies just take, you just take. And he's like, all right, well, can I kiss you? Can I just ask? And then she says, okay. And so then they kiss. Yeah. All right. Whatever. Whatever, Sheena. So, uh, yeah, they arrest them. All right. So, what are they? Because well, when they get, I think the when they get to the edge of Zambulu Land, that's where the lake is with all the flamingos. Because that's going to come up in a bit. Yes. Oh, it comes into play. There's a lake just full of flamingos. There's some pelicans in there, maybe. Yeah. Uh, but that's like the lake that she says, you know, she's watched the sunset there a hundred times. So. That's a place she likes to hang out in the Zambuli lands. That's when she feels like she's home again. But I think she also says she has a feeling this might be the last time she sees it, right? There's, there's some foreboding yeah. there. Like, oh, yeah. Oh. She's ready to go uh, die in, in her fight here. No mm-hmm. doubt about it. This Sheen is uh, way better than Vic Casey. <laughs> yeah, this Vic Casey is a dummy. But um, so what happens? Yeah, when she uh, shoots the the gas barrels, they just have the helicopter fly over it, and the uh, the prop wash just puts out the flames. So that was all for nothing. And then the <laughs> helicopter's just kind of chasing them around, shooting at them. So that's when they wave the white flag, I think. Yeah. And uh, I think Vic Casey offers to go get the negatives because he tells the prince. Um, Hey, we got video of that crossbow in the tree. So, you know, my guy's out here sending it off to the head office. If you want to stop it, you better send me to go get it. But he I'll says give you the negatives if you don't kill us or something, right? Well, he says if you have you make an international peace treaty to protect the Zimbuli land and its inhabitants. Yeah, um, I, I won't say you murdered your brother, but you have to do that, and then we're square. All right, we good? And of course, you don't kill Sheena or myself. But other, uh, yeah, get, and not Tiki. You leave Tiki alone as well. But then we're good, right? Yeah, well, they didn't really care about the chimps, I don't think. But um, so yeah, they the the king says, all right, or the new the prince or the new king or whatever. He says, all right, you go do that. But then he tells his buddy, like, you just kill him as soon as you get to film, right? Doesn't he say, yeah, just yeah, kill that guy. yeah, obviously. Yeah. And then the yeah. uh, the the queen Zonda is taking Sheen up in the helicopter. Yes, because she just wants to push her out of it. Yeah, she wants to take her to the waterfall and just shove her out of the pl- out of the helicopter so she can yeah. fall to her death. And she but, can't but, risk the new king to hold her. Yeah, because she's smoking the hot Tanya Roberts and she doesn't need a yeah. competition. So I mean, Jane's uh, not too bad either, but yeah, oh yeah, she's fine. But Tanya Roberts is where you want to be. So, Jank, uh, explain what happens here with the helicopter and the birds because this is amazing. <laughs> uh, yeah, this well, has best scene nomination written all yes, over it. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. This goes on for quite a while, but Sheena is slowly stirring all these flamingos that are in this pond, and you can see her talking well, to them, and she, they're, they're starting to get a little bit riled up. She, she says like she has a headache. She tells that lady, oh, I got such a headache, because she puts her hand up to her head. <laughs> She's doing the talking thing. 
Yeah, so they started going ape shit, and it becomes like the movie The Birds, and they're just attacking this helicopter, just like pecking their way yeah. through the, the glass and shit, just kill, murdering the shit out of the pilot. But again, these birds, like, they look like flamingos, but... They are know, flamingos. Can flamingos fly like that and attack like that? Yeah. Or, I guess. Huh. I mean, they can fly. I don't know if they can get into a helicopter and attack people and yeah. throw them out. Because clearly what's going on here is they just have people with flamingo puppets off screen, like moving them in and yeah. out, you know? Yeah, they have stock footage <laughs> of flocks of flamingos flying. They have uh, bad CGI of a helicopter with a bunch of flamingos around it. And then they have puppets in on the interior shots. Yeah. And, like, the pilot is, like, act, reacting to it all, like, oh, my God. Yeah. And, and, Whatever. and that Contessa lady, she just, I don't know, she just jumps out of the helicopter on her own. <laughs> what happens? I think you're uh, to... uh, well, the flamingos, no. the flamingos made the pilot kind of lose control, so he was, like, tilting back and forth, I think, right? Okay, and she just fell off. Yep. Because also the uh, the queen, it's partly her fault because she she could have just tossed Tanya Roberts out before the flamingos ever got there, no yeah. problem, done and dusted. But she had to make a production out of it. She had the pilot go fly low over the village so she could get a crowd of spectators for this. <laughs> yeah, because the whole like Junk said, the bird uh, bringing the birds in, it wasn't like quick. It it, it lasted way longer than it needed to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> before the bird showed up. And uh but then like the pilot is basically dead cuz the birds killed him and the contessa she fell to her death. Uh so but you know Sheena she's still in the helicopter with her hands shackled. Yeah. And so but it's okay though. Cuz <laughs> yeah. somehow she just jumps out as it's being lower and yeah. somehow herself stuck on a branch that is, you know, not pointing upwards, it's pointing perpendicular, but somehow she ends up with her arms around it. Yeah, she she's, just, <laughs> and she like she drapes like the chains over it and like hangs on it, and uh, yeah, she saves herself, and she climbs back yeah, down, and the helicopter crashes and bursts into flames. So then Sheena's there with her other Zambuli tribe members. They're all around her because they all witness this, and she raises her still shackled hands, and she gives them like a Spartacus kind of speech to fire them up. And I yeah, can't even when we're shackled, we can still defeat them or something like that. Yeah, there it is. Yeah, it was along <laughs> those lines. And so the Zambulis are fired up now, and she gets all her animal buddies, and uh, they just start beating the fuck out of these mercenaries and these revolutionary army people. You got elephants running in, stomping people. You got that rhino coming back, uh, spearing, like, the, the vehicles and shit. The chimps are cleaning house. Don't <laughs> fuck with the chimps. Yeah. Great at one point. It's pretty great. Tanya Roberts is shooting arrows on zebra back. Hey, what did you say, though, Jake, about the chimps? Uh, one of the chimps throws a grenade. I think he just kind of <laughs> picks it up. And he's, I don't know. Yeah. Kill some people. That is so great. Yeah, the, the chimp just picks a grenade off the ground, looks at it, and like, all right, and, and it throws it. <laughs> that was awesome. It was I love great. that. And uh, the chimps are also, like, knocking boulders off, like, at cliffs and falling on, hitting onto the soldiers and shit. Yeah, so the animals are clean in house, and uh, eventually it yeah, gets. The chimps are kind of like the Ewoks in this scene. Yeah, very yeah. much so. And uh, so eventually we get to Sheena on zebra back chasing after the evil prince guy, and he's in a jeep, and he's trying to flee. And Sheena's on the zebra back with her bow and arrow. But uh, what happens? Does he shoot the zebra or the zebra trip? Because she like falls off the. There's a scene uh, where she dies. Yeah, I don't remember how she gets knocked off. 
It, I remember her zebra, falling. And the zebra falling. Yeah. But, well, she's like running right next to it and he, or right behind it. Cause he's shooting at her and she's shooting arrows from behind him. I don't remember how she ends up knocked off though. Yeah. I just remember the zebra falling. So I don't, I don't know, but, um, so then he turns around and he's going right at her now. He's, he's driving right at her. He's just going to run her yep. down with his Jeep, but she gets the bow and arrow. Boom. She shoots an arrow right through the windshield and it pierces his chest. So he's like about to die, but he's still going to run her down. And apparently she can't just step to the side at all. That's, she yeah. Can't do that. Yeah. Like Rick, uh, Game of Thrones. Just go serpentine. Don't run straight. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So she's well, luckily still Vic there. started driving a car 25 minutes ago. Oh, yeah, that's right. Vic. How, remember how Vic escapes? Because they just have one guy taking uh, Vic in the Jeep. Doesn't Vic put his like radio yeah. on or something? And he's like, well, there were two guys, because, yeah, because I thought he tossed one guy out, took his gun, and then, or shot one guy, and then made the other guy, the driver, get out, but. Yeah, possibly. But, but the whole thing he was. commandeers he, the Jeep that was driving him. Yeah, he was, like, playing uh, music on his little radio, his little pocket recorder or whatever, and they're like, isn't this beat awesome or something? And they're getting into it, and that's a distraction he needs to escape. So he steals the Jeep. So, yeah, as the evil prince guy is going to run down uh, Sheena, who apparently cannot step to her left. Uh, Vic comes in at the last second and saves her by crashing his Jeep into the Prince guy. And there's a huge explosion and Vic goes flying out of the Jeep and he's on fire. He, he's like on fire and he's rolling around and, and Sheena comes over and she's like, Oh, Vic, are you okay? You know? And he's like, Hey, what does he say? He's like, Oh, don't worry. I'm awesome or something. I don't know. I can't remember. He says something. <laughs> he's ready to die. He's like, I, the funny thing about fatal burns is like, they say you don't feel it. Yeah. He's like, I don't yeah. feel. Yeah. And he's like covered inside the toe. <laughs> yeah. Well, his face is all right, but his arms are like all charred up and shit. And she's like, all right, well, uh, next we cut. And next thing you know, we see him buried up to his neck. Well, because uh, Fletcher is driving back up to the Zimbuli lands or something, I thought. Because oh, they drive right, up yeah. and just see Vic's head sticking out. Yeah. And then here come all the Zimbulis and they light the torches. Oh, yeah, because Fletcher, uh, Fletcher goes off to the village of where his little production assistant guy is from. And he tells him, you know, you got, you need a tracker to go find where Vic went off to. We got the best tracker here. That guy helps him find the Zambulis, I guess. And that tracker was a guy who had just beaten him in cards, right? Like he would, yeah, cards that sounds also. right. So he didn't like the guy, but yeah. So, um, but the, yeah, so they get there. The Zambulis are doing their ceremony and they pull Vic Casey out of the ground. And sure enough, he's all healthy. He, he's, he's healed. His skin is healed. Um, at least they didn't show his dong flopping around, so that was a, a relief. Yeah, it was just an ass shot, but uh, we got away. But then him and Sheena, they uh, they make this uh, they make this sweet sweet love, right? Yeah, that's Off what the do not Peter was for. Uh, yeah, he tells the chief. But this Vic Casey guy, he's telling Sheena he's going to take her back to the city with them and back to New York with them and show her all these things. And then after they make this sweet sweet love. She's like, all right, when do we leave her? He's like, no, we can't. I can't take you, Sheena. I changed my mind. No, he told her that beforehand, and they still, some, for some reason, she slept with him. I, I thought they slept. <laughs> I thought they had sex before he says this. No. Because he does this whole speech, and then they just t- okay, they tell the cheetah to make sure we're not disturbed for a couple hours, and then that's basically it. Cut to them on the plane. I don't know. Double check this. Because Vic, he's a, I, I thought he was a real asshole here. But maybe you're right. I don't know. Let's check it out. 
Tuffy, oh, Tuffy's in the car. Never mind. All right, we'll confirm. We'll go with Jenks. <laughs> we'll go with Jenks' version of the story. Uh, but I, yeah, I could have sworn they had the sex before he did that. But because uh, I was like, "What well, this creep? What the hell?" But all right, so <laughs> he, uh, so they have the sex, and uh, she, he says he can't take her back. Why does he he can't take her back, Jenks? Explain this. Uh, I don't know. It was the dumbest reasoning I've ever heard. It's like one of those, like, the end of the first Spider-Man movie where it's just like, Mary Jane, we can't be together for I don't know why. Just because they that would need to happen for the plot, I guess. Um, I, I think his reasoning was that he couldn't get tell bored. her story because the, the uh, we he's like, we would destroy you, our me, our, our civilized nation. We'd come here and we'd destroy Zambuli land. We would destroy this. We would destroy you. We can't have that happen, you know, so. Bring the dirt, which is what they're really going to be interested in, more so than just a, a girl who got left here. <laughs> yeah. So they're still going to come back and destroy everything. And here's an idea, Vic Casey. I don't know. Maybe you just stay there with Sheena. You know, what the fuck? Yeah. Who cares? Like, that's my, that's my dream your, life. Guy, and, or your camera guy. Send him back with the dirt. You stay here. Keep having sex with Tiny Rock. But think about that life. Uh, just me and Tanya Roberts and a bunch of chimps. That's my dream. <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> but not this Vic Casey. He's like, I got to go back to my terrible job and not exercising and not having upper body strength. That's what I have to go do, Sheena. But you can stay here in Africa. See ya. <laughs> and he gets on an airplane and uh, they just show him next to the window and he's looking down at Sheena and he's playing a, a voice recording of her on his uh little recorder and doesn't she say like you will come back someday right Vic Casey and he's like yeah sure Sheena and he's like starting to cry and then they 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 go down to Sheena and she's looking up she's on her zebra and she's starting to cry and then they she's riding her zebra she just starts riding her zebra and a a bunch of flamingos in the background and and the music starts and that's the movie those flamingos I like to crack the plane Fuck yeah, you, Vic, you try to leave. <laughs> right. yeah. She sends him up there. Kill Vic Casey, and uh, yeah, take some time. <laughs> so there it is, Sheena, Queen of the Jungle. Uh, Jank, what'd you think? Uh, that's pretty solid. Um, there was definitely some funny parts. Uh, like I said, there were some, some some parts that dragged. Most of the stuff with the cameraman in town, like, didn't really go anywhere. <laughs> Could have done without most of that. Yeah, this, uh, this movie clocks in at like a, an hour and 56 minutes. That is way yeah. too long. Way that is very too long. <laughs> like, they don't even meet up, really. Like, her and Vic Casey probably don't really start meeting up and talking till 45 minutes in. Uh, I really didn't have too much of a problem with the beginning of the movie because they were setting up the, the plot and everything. I, yeah. I was actually intrigued by this. I'm like, oh, political intrigue. We got the assassination. This is pretty good. And the animals show up. There's monkeys. I'm like, oh, this is awesome. Uh, but, yeah, the middle part drags a lot. The ending, the big fight with the animals, that's cool. Um, uh, I don't know. Vic Casey, I don't like him at all. Uh, Tuffy, thoughts? Yeah, I thought it was uh, decent. doesn't need to be two hours. I know that. Yeah, that's for damn sure. Um, but it was overall, you know, I'd say like a seven. That's about yeah. right. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. I mean, Vic Casey wasn't great, but compared to a lot of like these lesser Abilene's we've been watching in the Sedaris movies. Yeah, like, that is true. People have casting leading men in these movies. These lesser Abilene's. 
What what else about Sheena? I'm I'm going back to Sheena's to see uh, when they had the sex. Yeah. Um, I liked uh, when when he pulls out the binoculars and you know first uh, she's looking in the wrong <laughs> end. She's like, oh, it's tiny and shit. Yeah. And then he's like, look in the other end. And uh, you made she's yourself like, a pygmy. Oh, yeah, you're gigantic. Pygmy, <laughs> Casey. Yep. And he's like, hey, when we have sex later, I'm going to need you to look through that end of the binoculars. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think, Jank, I think you're correct. I think they make the sex. It's implied that they make the sex. And, and then the next thing is he's off on the plane. So he, I guess he's not that big of a creep. I thought I was thinking they had the sex first. But I wish they would have gotten more into that sex scene. Like, how does he explain that when she was all weirded out about like, why are you <laughs> Yeah. Well, now what do you do? <laughs> Dude, yeah. there's no way. He I got news. There's another body part that's multifunctional. <laughs> he, he has to be terrible at the sex, too, because if he's any good at it, she's not letting him leave. Yeah. You know? No way. So, <laughs> like, that's yeah, her that's first sh- orgasm ever? Come on. She's going to be way into it, you know? So, but He might have had a Kyle situation, you know, <laughs> 10 seconds and done. <laughs> she's like, oh, that Cougar yeah. didn't have to worry about the do not disturb for very long. She's like, I'm gonna, I'll try my hand with this Zambuli tribe, fellas. They, uh, <laughs> they actually, uh, exercise. And, uh, they're strong. So let's do that. Um, or maybe Fletcher snuck in to try and watch and he told him, like, all right, you guys both gotta go. <laughs> this is not acceptable. <laughs> yeah, he's telling the cheetah. Right now I'm looking, he's telling the cheetah, or, or she's, he's telling her, tell that cheetah, do not disturb or whatever. Yep. But, uh, she tells the cheetah, go, go. Tony Roberts. Right. Man, it's Tony Roberts. She's something. Yeah, yeah. She looks great. She's like 35 in this, too. She's not, you know, super young. Yeah, she's like real uh, real fit, you know, like uh, not just hot, but she's like a – like the stuff she does in this – like there's actually her swinging on a vine and jumping down. Yeah. And mm-hmm. at one point, it's like, oh, well, that was pretty athletic, what she just did there, you know? So uh, that – God bless the Tony Roberts. Um. <laughs> Very yeah, I, I think seven is about right. But yeah, I expected this movie to be so terrible. Like it's not yeah. that bad. It's I don't think it should have been nominated for a Razzie. Really, I mean it's I don't know. It's it's bad. But it's not that bad. Yeah, but it has a plot that's coherent. Yeah. Uh, the dialogue right. is good enough. I mean, uh, if we're being fair, like if you ask three guys who are not in love with Tanya Roberts, she's probably not the best actress. <laughs> no. Yeah. I mean, for what her role was, I, I feel like it was appropriate. Yeah, she, she was, was trying. Like, yeah, she yeah. was trying to do a, a certain was, uh, a new, effect. Yeah. Here. She was going for, like, an uh, innocent, not so naive. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a fine line between terrible acting and that, you know? So it's like, whatever. But, um, yeah, way better than I thought it was going to be. Tiki is a star. Tiki will definitely be nominated for Best Champ. Congratulations, Tiki. Good on you. And uh, let's see. So, all right. Next week, uh, we, we're no longer going 8 for August. So, Thank God. <laughs> Come soon enough. <laughs> so, Jank. I think we watched all of the Chimp movies, so that works out. Yeah. Oh, that's what I wanted to talk about. When we, when we couldn't find MVP 2, I was looking for the Chimp movies. You know, so I was going through. There's a few other ones on um, – Tubi, 
One of them has Bob Newhart. It's Bob Newhart, oh, chimp, and it's called The Entertainers. He's like a struggling comic who has a chimp act, but him and the chimp, uh, everyone wants him to do tricks. No, no, we got a comedy act. And they're like in Vegas trying to get a gig in Vegas as an act. But I, I seem to recall this when I was a kid. Like, I had no idea when I saw this. I'm like, I had no idea Bob Newhart was in a chimp movie. But then the more I thought of it, I'm like, wait, I think I do kind of remember this because I'm like, this chimp dies at the end. Right. So I fast forward through the movie. And sure enough, the chimp dies. So I'm like, all right, I'm not watching this. You know, <laughs> like there's a scene where Bob Newhart's in the hospital and the chimp's in the hospital bed. And he's like trying he's like trying to hide the how sad he is that the chimp's dying. I'm like, all right, I'm not watching this. <laughs> so that guy yeah, next week we're watching the bob newhart chimp movie <laughs> no 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 no, no. <laughs> we're not watching any of that uh, then there's another movie on tubi that gets pushed pretty hard called blood monkey mm-hmm. <laughs> where like these explorers go into like a jungle looking for something and, and like the, the animals come after them and apparently there's a monkey that gets but but I read a review of it real quick, and it said, uh, there's not a lot of monkeys. So I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> like, <laughs> they didn't say monkeys. But I guess they said the, the creature that's in there that's hunting them, you really don't even see it that much. So I'm like, oh, well, we probably, I, if, I'm, if I'm watching Blood Monkey, I want to see a Blood Monkey. So I'm like, all right, well, I'm not going to watch this. Um, there's a couple other ones, but there's a movie called Who's Your Monkey? And it's got, like, a pretty good-looking girl and a monkey on her shoulder, like a little spider monkey. And I was like, oh, well, maybe that's something, but that sounds terrible as well. So uh, I'm not watching that. So, yeah, there's really not a lot of monkey movies to go on. There's two. Wait, what was that, Jay? There's still Zoombies 2. Oh, Zoombies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is, that, is that anywhere for Get us to Kifo watch? Back. Uh, it's probably it's on YouTube. I'm not paying. No, I don't think it is. Is it? I think just Zoombies 1 is on TV. But, um, oh, really? I think so. But uh, I'll check right now because I'm on the TVs. But uh, what was the movie? There's a couple on, like, but I don't want to pay. Like, if we paid $3, we could just find shit movies. But I'm not paying $3 for it. So, yeah. Um, Unless it's the Bob Newhart one. <laughs> that, well, that's on Tubi for free. <laughs> but I'm not watching a chimp die. Sorry, Bob Newhart. <laughs> I mean, I love Bob Newhart. But, hey, Zombies 2 is on Tubi. Yeah, we'll save that go. for next August. <laughs> Hopefully, Tubi still exists then. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Tubi's is there. There's a bunch of Jurassic. There's a couple like Planet of the Apes knockoffs called like yeah. Ape, Ape Empire or something, and they look terrible. I, I like flip through those. Real like quick some and see what Japanese movie like. from like '89 or something called Time of the Apes or something like that. Yeah. Um, I, I did research the Planet of the Apes movies, the original six, because I was like, oh, maybe you can watch one of these. But um, I think you got to pay for all those as well. Yeah. So, yeah, we there's a couple of, like suburban Sasquatches on TV, a couple like Sasquatch type films. Um, but yeah, the monkey movie, the selection was pretty limited. So. I don't know. Yeah. All right, Jank. Well, uh, you're up next week. I mean, I don't want to influence you in any way, but we haven't watched the Sybil Danning movie in a very long time. So. <laughs> I think I'm up uh, next week, so we watched yep. Shackma last week, I thought. Oh! <laughs> Wait, Sh- Jack, was Shackma your pick? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Alright, Tuffy, so you're up next. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm not, a, I'm not sure if I'll be here next week, though. 
because I'll be uh, in Michigan again. Uh, so this Tuffy guy, what is his deal? <laughs> yeah, it's kind of touch and go for next week for me, so I'm not sure. All right. Well, do you want to just let Jank pick for next week? Yeah, that's fine. All right, Jank, you got moved up in the order. Okay. <laughs> Went from being my turn to not being my turn. To now, <laughs> now it's back to your turn. Yeah, I forgot uh, for a second there that I'll be in Michigan, so I won't that, might not be here. Well, well, Jack, that was our tribute to Zumbies, and uh, whether they had to blow up the biodome with the birds, whether they didn't want to blow up the biodome with the birds, whether they, they didn't. So that's yeah. we paid tribute. <laughs> there you go. All right, so uh, this week I also watched the She-Hulk. We got to talk about this fucking She-Hulk. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So. <laughs> Uh, Jack, have you read anything about the She-Hulk? Uh, I've seen little bits and pieces. All right. Uh, so I'll say this: the uh, who's the lady, the actress lady Tatiana Maslany? Tatiana Maslany. Yeah. She was an orphan black. I like her. She's uh, charming in this. She's likable in this. So I think there's potential here. If uh, with her, um, the CGI doesn't look as bad as it did in that first initial trailer. I don't think. It, I mean, there's still moments where it looks bad, but there's moments where it looks fine. So whatever. It wasn't that distracting or anything. Okay. Now, cleaned it up. For, for those who aren't familiar with their She-Hulks, uh, the She-Hulk, the reason they created her was because in the late 70s, there was the popular Hulk TV show. There's also a popular TV show called The Six Million Dollar Man. And because of The Six Million Dollar Man's success, they spun that off into The Bionic Woman. So when mm-hmm. Stan Lee saw that, he said, oh, we better do something about this or they're going to rip off the Hulk. So they got together and they actually created She-Hulk in like a weekend and they hurried up, put it together uh, and published it real quick. So they would have the rights to any female Hulk character that would come around, you know. So that's how She-Hulk came to be. And in the original story, she's an attorney and she's an attorney in the show as well. And she was at a trial, some like organized crime situation and the criminals busted in on her and they shot her and she was dying. But her cousin, Bruce Banner, was there at the time visiting, and he was forced to give her a blood transfusion because Mm -hmm. they were the same blood type. He was reluctant to do it because, you know, he knew about, but, you know, he wanted to save her life, so he does it. But because he gave her the blood transfusion, she turns into She-Hulk. But that's a pretty good origin. I think that works. That's pretty effective. So, of course, what they do for the TV show, they just get rid of that entirely. So now, uh, that, uh, there's no reason that two people in the same family would have this same thing when it was an accident well, in the first place. Well, Jank, it's even worse than that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't Jesus. condemn them for that. It's even worse than that. All right, so <laughs> uh, when the show opens, we see Tatiana Mislani as Jennifer Walters, the normal human lady. And she's giving a speech to, like, a jury about uh, how her defendant or her client is innocent. I can't remember if she's the defendant or the prosecutor. I can't fucking remember. I think she's the defendant or the defense attorney. Mm-hmm. Uh, but here we she's just rehearsing it, you know, for her, like, paralegal, who may or may not have slept with Vince McMahon for $3 million. I'm not sure. But she's a paralegal. <laughs> and, and then there's also a fella who is in the room with them, like, they're their partner in this law firm or whatever. And, of course, he's an asshole. Because every man in this show is either an idiot, an asshole, or a date rapist. <laughs> That's the way it is. 
So just accept it. <laughs> All right. But so they're just rehearsing. Of course, he says, Jan Walters, you should let me do this speech because you're just a girl. And she's like, no, I'm going to do the speech because I'm a girl. And, you know, it's that kind of thing. And uh, so then she goes in. But when so she's about in like 1970, <laughs> no, it's 2022. <laughs> and so when she's about to uh, go out to do the speech, though, uh, the paralegal leaves, the fellow leaves. She shuts the door. She turns around. She talks to the camera. She breaks the fourth wall. She's talking to the camera. Because her her uh, her little buddy, the, the paralegal lady, that's her best friend, uh, Nikki. And when they're before she leaves the room, she says, hey, if all else fails, you can just hulk up and win over the jury. And then so she looks at the camera. She says, I bet you're wondering about that. That's right. I'm a Hulk. And uh, here's how it happened. So then they huh. flash back to how it happens. And her and her cousin Bruce are, are driving in a car. She's driving. Mark Ruffalo is in the passenger seat. And he has some – they're talking about how his arm is healing because he has some special gimmick to put on his arm that that prevents him from turning into the Hulk. And for some reason, even though the arm wouldn't heal when he's the Hulk, it is healing when he's a human. So his <laughs> arm is back now, I guess. Whatever. That's how science works. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't understand it either. <laughs> uh, so he shows this metal thing on his arm, though. So then uh, they're talking, and she's going on about this bit, how she's like, hey, Captain America, he didn't have a girlfriend before he went in the Army. He was very busy doing Army shit, and then he died in 1943 or whatever, uh, 45 or whatever the fuck it was. He's a virgin. And uh, uh, Mark Ruffalo's like, ah, he's not a virgin. He's not a virgin. Don't worry. He's like, no, I think he's a virgin. And then just out of the right in front of them, there's a giant UFO. Oh, yeah. It just comes down. It flies right in front of them. It just flies down. Where is the MCU timeline? This is, you know, right now. (laughs) Wherever they are right now. Yeah. So this is post- everything, snap, all that, okay. Yes, yeah. So uh, this giant UFO, it's shaped like a disc, and it's like right in front of their car, right in front of the windshield. She breaks and screams, drives off the road, crashes the truck that they're driving in, the SUV or whatever. She crawls out of the car. She's cut on the arm. She's bleeding. She tries to get uh, Mark Ruffalo out of the the cab. She pulls the door open. She drags him out. And he's like, no, Jen, be careful, be careful. And he bleeds from his forehead into her cut arm. And that's how she becomes She-Hulk. Oh, my God. That's so fucking stupid. I can't get it past it. Uh, I feel like everyone it, would be Hulk then. <laughs> He'd be bleeding all over. In a good fight. Does, <laughs> well, she had does the UFO road. do anything, or was no. that just there? Yeah. Like, UFO couldn't have just been a deer in the road then? Yeah, it could have been fucking anything. I don't know. Maybe <laughs> it comes into play later, but it sure as hell didn't come into play the rest of this episode at all. And, uh, yeah. like, like later on. So, but anyway, but yeah, she has an open wound on her arm, so it bled into an open wound. But still, it's fucking dumb. Why couldn't you just use the original origin story? That's a perfectly yeah. fine origin story. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Like, episode one could just end with the, him having to do the blood transfusion and hoping everything went okay. And then, uh-oh, her eye turns green, and that's where it ends. Boom. Episode you two. Have to yeah. Make a choice. An interesting choice. Exactly. Yeah, you could have still done a car crash, and they're out in the middle of nowhere in the country, and Bruce Banner says, 
hey, you're losing a lot of blood. The only way for me to save you is to do a blood transfusion, but I don't know what happens with the Hulk stuff. And she says, just do it, you know. Yeah, anything, anything. But this Mm -hmm. is so fucking dumb. So she turns into She-Hulk, and, uh, but, you know, she, like, kind of blacks out, so you don't really know what, she doesn't know really what's going on. Next thing she knows, she wakes up in, like, some trees outside of a bar, like some honky-tonk bar situation. And she walks into the bar. She's just in, like, a T-shirt, you know, no shoes or anything now because I guess she busted out of her clothes or whatever. And uh, she gets in the bar, and, of course, all these dopey ladies come into the bathroom of the bar. And they're like, oh, girlfriend, what happened to you? We got to take care of you. And they give her, like, a fur coat, and it's fucking stupid. And so then she comes out of the bar, and she's called, she had called Bruce, I guess, because she just assumed he was all right, I guess, because he's the Hulk or whatever. But he had that thing on his arm preventing him from turning into the Hulk, so I don't know. They just kind of forgot about all that shit. So uh, she says some guys come up to her, and they're like, hey, baby, what's going on? She's like, hey, I'm just waiting for my ride. I'm sure uh, my boyfriend will be here any second. And they're like, hey, we're not trying to do anything. We just want to talk to you, you know? And then she turns into She-Hulk again, and she, like, swats one of the guys away, and then she kind of blacks out again. So the next thing she knows, she wakes up in, like, some, like, uh, fancy resort kind of uh, cabana situation on a beach next to the ocean. And she goes, she walks around, uh, she goes downstairs to find out where she is. And here she's in uh, Bruce uh, Banner's secret hideaway down in Mexico where he does lab work and everything. And so, but he's smart Hulk now. He's back to being Hulk. He's got his normal arms. His arms are fine. And he's got his glasses on. And he's talking to her. And he's like, hey, Jen, what's up? You know, and they're chatting it up. And he's like, hey, uh, you're a Hulk. I hate to break it to you, but you're a Hulk. So uh, what we got to do is I ran some blood work on you, and I know you're a Hulk. So I got to train you to make sure you know how to be a Hulk. Because if you go back into the world not knowing how to control your temper or whatever, you could cause a lot of damage and a lot of trouble. And she's like, all right, I guess we can do that. So uh, the rest of the show is basically the two of them in this Mexico place, him trying to train her how to be a Hulk, you know, just showing her stuff. Uh, but here's the the thing that, that really uh, is irritating. So he, he's trying to tell her how to control her anger. And because she can apparently just she's real quick to learn all this shit. And she can turn. Oh. Yeah, she can turn back into Jen anytime she wants. Like she can go Hulk to Jen. And he's like, how can you do that? It took me 15 years to even try to control things. And she's like, well, I'm a woman. I'm used to controlling my anger. Because of man explaining things to me and all blah, 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 and all that other shit. And it's, oh, what the fuck? What the fuck are we even doing? You know? Beer. Oh, my yeah. God. It, I mean, it was the, insulting. In the comic books is because Bruce Banner had multiple personalities basically before the, the bomb exploded. That's why he changes like that. Like, she can do whatever she wants because she doesn't, her, like, mental, She's she's got like a normal childhood and didn't have any mental problems. That's why it's not a problem for her. You could just say, well, she got he got bombarded with, you know, super deluxe gamma radiation. She got a couple drops of blood. You know, maybe that's why. A million different ways you could explain this. But I'm a woman. I'm used to controlling my anger. What the fuck? Yeah, because men never have to control their anger around because women are idiots. No, that never happens. Or other men pissing them off. Yeah. But it, it's uh, it's so heavy-handed and just clumsily written, and it's uh, like, what the yeah. fuck are we doing here? So uh, then they argue because he wa- she wants to go back. He doesn't want her to go back. So there's a fight scene between the two of them, and uh, but they eventually break. They like destroy his bar that he has set up that he built with Tony Stark, 
and they feel bad about it. So they are all right. So they, that kind of like puts the halt to the fight and they rebuild the bar together to bond over that. And he's like, all right, I guess you can go back to the civilization or whatever. And no, I don't know where. So um, that's it. Then she goes back. So now we, res- we resume the, the, the story where it started. She's back in the courtroom. She's about to give her little speech to the jury. And this lady comes busting through the wall of the courtroom. And it's uh, Tuffy. It's that girl who was on um, uh, shit. What was that show called I liked? Ted Danson and uh, Kristen Bell? Uh, the Good Place? The Good Place. I never did finish that series. I never watched the last season of that. I tapped out after. But um, yeah. I loved it. Season one was awesome. It's anyway, the, um, yeah, the tall, hot, foxy lady. Yeah. I can't think what her name is. Yeah, I, I, but she's Jamil something, or I think is her real name. Yeah, Jamila Jamil, I think yeah. is her name. Uh, she's playing Titania. So she just busts through the courtroom, and uh, so her buddy Nikki's like, hey, it's time to hulk up or whatever. So uh, Tatianus is here in front of everybody. He's like, yeah, just do it. So she's like, all right. So she turns into She-Hulk. She takes down Titania with one punch, boom, and then uh, that's where the episode ends. Like she's like, "All right, I'm She-Hulk, I guess everyone knows or whatever." So uh, whatever, oh. and, and that's how the episode ends. So, so is the fourth yeah. wall thing a one-time it's shot? Fair. They did that. I don't think like She-Hulk. That was a thing the character did yeah. in the eighties. Uh, okay, like like John Byrne. John Byrne. Yeah, yeah, he was the first one to do that with her in the late eighties. So, um, yeah, that's fine, her doing that. Because, like, she was doing it before Deadpool and all that other shit. So, like, that's She-Hulk's. So that's yeah. fine. But I think she may have done that's it again right at the funny. end. She probably broke she the force wall. <laughs> she also did it one other time when she was with uh, the Hulk down in Mexico. And like, it was like the Hulk kind of noticed and he looked over, like, what's going on. But she was talking to the camera, I think. But um, Okay. But yeah, so we don't know what Titania, which I'm guessing she's there to help whoever was on trial or whatever. Well, I'm sure we'll figure that out next episode. Like I said, it's not like I like her, the star. There's she's likable and whatnot. But yeah, just enough. A little heavy handed in some of the writing. Very fucking so. Uh, Like there's potential here to be a really good, fun show, but it's just too clumsily done. So I don't know. Yeah, and why yeah. change the origin? Why? Yeah. So, oh, because the UFO thing when uh, when she first gets into Mexico and wakes up, she's talking to Bruce. She goes, "Was that a UFO?" And he's like, "Yeah, I think it was a." He named some alien race. I don't know if he said Shyar or something. It was some Shyar cruiser. I, I'll have to check that out. Uh, see what they're up to. That's just the kind of stuff that happens when you're a Hulk, and that's the last you ever heard of it. I hate the way they're treating this whole universe now. It's just like everything is a joke. You haven't even introduced the Shi'ar, but now they're a throwaway line. And yeah, well, I don't thing. know. Like, I don't know if that's what he said. It's some alien race. I just put in Shi'ar, so I don't know. Like it could have been anything. Yeah, it, it could have been the Doboon. I don't know, but it, it was something. What's the one they usually use? The, like the alien. Uh, the, those were in uh, the first Avengers. Wait, say that Things again. Shatari? Yeah, that's probably what it was. Shatari. That sounds like Shyar. So, yeah, Shatari. That's probably what it was. So, um, it's not like they're introducing a new thing, but it's just, why? Why are you a Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's like the stupidest way to go about this. 
<clears throat> so yeah, and then the blood transfuse, the the blood getting in the wound. That was fucking stupid. So yeah, I can't. I'd like to recommend the She-Hulks, but I can't. I, I'm probably not going to watch any more of it. I can't imagine I will. Yeah. <laughs> I don't blame you. But it's just because at least when she does does her little speech about being able to control her anger because men are explaining things to me and men. Are, like, at least have Ruffalo push back on that, you know, like, say, what the fuck, you know, but no, he just accepts it, like, oh, I'm so, like, you know, one of them, I'm so sorry, or whatever, I was like, what the fuck, you know. Like, <laughs> sorry, people talk to you. <laughs> it, you want to know a good feminist show that everyone should be talking about, but no one talks about it ever, is Agent Carter with my beloved Haley Atwell. That's how you do a strong feminist show, because it's just a strong woman doing strong woman things, and she doesn't talk about it. She just fucking does yes. it, and people pick up, yeah. you know. Make an interesting to... character. Yeah. But uh, so, uh, Agent Carter gets no respect. I get it because it was an ABC show, so it wasn't like, you know, super deluxe. You know, it's a fan of APM. Yeah, it's an APM, ABC family kind of show, so it's not going to be super great. But for what it was, it was very good. For, uh, but that a lot of people off. What was that that pushed a lot of people off there, Jake? It was set in like the 40s or the 50s, so yeah. I, I think that, but that was awesome. Probably, yeah. Yeah, that was cool, <clears throat> um, yeah, so uh, go watch Agent Carter if you want a good feminist show. Th- this is not good feminism. This is clunky, bullshit feminism. Uh, it's cheap. Yeah. So anyway, that's the She-Hulks. But these uh, Marvel shows, though, Jank, I'm like, uh, man, it's been going downhill. Yeah, and it's like just cranking out more and more of them at a faster pace, which isn't <laughs> going to help the brand. No. Yeah, I don't think, oh, well, I guess Daredevil shows up at some point in this, though. Fuck. <laughs> I think you can just tune into that episode and then... Like that back, back in. in. Yeah, I'm going to have to watch <laughs> it for Daredevil. Oh, maybe I'll find out what episode he's in and I'll watch that one. Because I think there's maybe eight episodes total. So this first that one a half-hour show? Uh, 38 minutes. The first episode. Okay. I don't even understand why the Hulk would own a bar. That doesn't make sense. Well, yeah, no, no, no. It wasn't. It wasn't a bar like a, a bar like an established like a bar. It was like a little bar in his house, you know, like a little, uh, like it was like a tiki bar set up in his little house there. It okay. wasn't like a, a place with customers or anything. But he had like built it with Tony Stark. Like they have their initials in it and shit. Uh, and and then at the end, after the credits, there's a little scene where uh, she's drinking with the Hulk. Because because they're Hulks, they, there's a scene earlier where they can just get – he says this is one of the benefits of being a Hulk. You can just drink all the booze you want. You don't get drunk, really, because <laughs> you can metabolize it real quick. You'll get the buzz. Is that a good thing? Yeah, I know. Yeah. Oh, he says you'll get the buzz, and, uh, oh, and you'll get a okay. hangover, too. Uh, but well, How is like, this good? Well, what? you won't throw up or die. You can drink, like, enormous amounts of alcohol. You, you don't get any worse than a buzz, I guess. You don't get, like, sloppy drunk or anything. You're just always... That doesn't sound fun at all. Hulk, like, you can take fucking punches from a giant, but you can't survive the effects of alcohol? No, no, no. You metabolize... If I have to be, you metabolize have to be hung over the next day, I better be sloppy drunk. That's the whole point. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> So yeah, because she wakes up with a hangover the next day. I thought there would be they'd be hangover free too, but yeah, she has a hangover the next day. But anyway, so then there's a second scene where they're drinking at the bar after the credits, and she's going on and on about Steve Rogers being a virgin. 
And he's like, he's not a virgin. He lost his virginity at a USO dance in 1943 or whatever. And, and she just says, I knew it. She was pretending to be drunk. And he's like, you were pretending? And she's like, yeah. And she just screams, Captain America, fa, and it cuts out. So that's the big joke. Yeah, that sounds really dumb, too. <laughs> yes. Yes, it was. It was very fucking dumb. But, uh, but now we got to go back, though. If you go back to the original Captain America. Who is this lady that he fucked at the USO dance? Was it Haley Atwell or was it there some other blonde? So now we got to oh, who did Captain America fuck? Yeah, I was trying to remember if it was on this we talked about it because there was some article I read, I think, about it because uh, it was in that episode where it's like doing the math on, you know, he meets Haley Atwell, but he's busy fighting, but also he's at these USO shows for like two years and they show us, you know, a still of like, Captain America in front of a line of like the USO dancers where there's 30 women there. It's like, he did how many yeah. of these shows? That's how many women who were probably all throwing <laughs> themselves at him. Yeah, he's yeah. It's sort of America. like Ed's thing with uh, Tiger Woods where it's like, <laughs> he cheated five times. That's five times out of like 12,000 women trying to have sex with him. That's a pretty good number. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah, he was. Haley Atwell wasn't even giving him the time of day at that point. Yeah, so it probably wasn't Haley Atwell. Warm up. Yeah. Anyway, all right. So there's the She-Hulk. Uh, and Tuffy, did you watch Big Brother? Yeah. Is Alyssa still there? Yeah. So they had the. Uh, it was a double eviction week, but they did it different. They split the the house guests into two groups. One lived outside and one lived inside. So there were two heads of household, two sets of nominees for the week. Uh. So inside you had. Michael, Brittany, Monty, Taylor, and Jasmine. So those uh, four of the leftovers in there, and Jasmine got the boot. Thank and you. And then outside, Terrence was the head of household. <laughs> DJ Showtime. <laughs> DJ Showtime. Uh, so he won the head of household, nominated. Uh, Kyle immediately told him about the leftovers because he was worried he was going to put up Kyle and Alyssa. So Kyle, the turncoat, immediately goes, hey, Here's the thing. There's an alliance called Leftovers. We were all trying to get you guys out, so you should not put up me and Alyssa. This was after Terrence told him, no matter what, Alyssa is definitely safe this week. So Alyssa wasn't at risk. Yeah. Um, so Terrence puts up uh, Joseph and Turner. Then the five of them kind of have, like, a whole discussion themselves at one point about the Leftovers and who was betraying who and all that. Alyssa felt betrayed by Joseph because um, – he lied to her, and they were in a different alliance, and he didn't tell her about the leftovers. Meanwhile, Kyle, who's having sex with her, also hadn't told her about the leftovers before this, but Whoa. that was fine, apparently, because he must that must have been like, the greatest ten seconds of her life, I guess. Well, she wasn't <laughs> mad about that at all? <laughs> a little bit. Not little super bit. mad. Not as much as you'd think. Yeah. Man. So, Terrence won the veto. Pulled down Turner and put Kyle up, and then they voted out Joseph. And then uh, I guess Turner's the new HOH this week, and he nominated uh, Michael and Brittany, because then the four who are left outside kind of form their own alliance now. Although Turner, it was unclear, because first he was going to stick with the leftovers when he came back, then he was going with the new alliance, and then, I don't know. So I guess the leftovers are done. I've seen stuff saying that he might still be going with the leftovers. Uh, well, he nominated know. Taylor and Brittany. 
Yeah. So I think his plan is to try and backdoor Michael is what it sounds like. Like the the outside group has gotten Monty with them now. Because Monty's afraid of Michael, I think. So he's happy to get Michael out and then kind of go from there. But yeah. <laughs> so how many people were, how many uh, people really are left? Game though. Uh eight people are left. Eight people. Yeah. I I did check the uh one of my scholarly resources and I did see Alyssa in an orange bikini again. Oh. Yeah. I need to get on those live feeds. <laughs> <laughs> That, um, but yeah, Alyssa's here definitely for at least another week. All right, and buddy. Hey, uh, sadly, WWE news: Jank, uh, Oscar, and Alexa Bliss lost their match. No, yeah, Oscar yeah. Oh. got tripped. triple H. I don't believe in you anymore. I know Oscar got pinned. She ate the pin from Mia. But, uh, yeah, got, Alexa would tricked. never lose like that. But uh, yeah, why wouldn't you just have Alexa get pinned? Why wouldn't you have Oscar get pinned? It's ridiculous. But, um, anyway. She should never get pinned unless it's by me. <laughs> <laughs> well, she'd definitely kick out before three on that. <laughs> <laughs> Who do you think's tougher, me or Vic Casey? <laughs> uh, who's tougher, you or Ryan Cabrera? I think that's the. Uh, <laughs> I would go with Jank on that one. <laughs> All right. Um, what was that? I, I told you uh, your your girl Cora Jade's dating Braun Breaker, right, Jank? Did I tell you that? Uh, you told me that. I don't know yeah. who that is. So it, okay, it, the uh, NXT champ. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so at least she's hanging around the champ. So that's yeah. Okay. Um, because um, uh, when she, like a year ago or so on NXT when she first caught up, she was dating some uh, schlub guy who was uh, some goofball. And they were actually like a couple, and they were trying to make them a couple on TV, kind of. But then uh, Vince fired them. So then, so now she's on the Brown Brown Breaker. So uh, she moved up in the world. Well, you got to shit where you eat, I guess. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> uh, so all right, uh, Tuffy. Any other wrestling news? When is that Clash at the Castle? Is that this weekend or is I think that next Saturday? Okay, next, next, Saturday. next Saturday. All right. Yeah, um, you got to call Tom Buck too now. Oh yeah, oh yeah, thanks. Yeah, eleven o'clock. Well, he's getting off work, or he's getting a break at eleven, so maybe we'll give him a couple minutes here. Yeah, to uh, make sure. See if he watched the rehearsal. Okay. Uh, hey, hey, uh, Tuffy Champions, Zelina Vega. They introduced her. Yeah. And she's actually really tough to beat because depending yes. on her move set. <laughs> Those leaf I mean, stems really suck the life out of you. I was able to get, get her there on that, uh, but I had to change my moves because she's also equipped with an escape artist thing on her belt. So all my yep. Oscars are set up to do submissions. So no. that fucked me. Yeah. But then I switched my moveset on the Oscar and then I beat her. But, um, yeah. yeah, see, I got to live Morgan at, uh, five star gold now. So she, I had to use one of the little token things to, you know, lower her purple move points, but I got through it. So oh, look at you at live Morgan at five star gold. You must murder everybody. Yeah. Uh, uh, there's feuds, I guess, right now, Tuffy, right? I think yeah, Flash feuds this weekend. 
So after the show, I guess we'll be flash feuding. Yeah, this one's a women's one, so this is right in your wheelhouse. Yes, my wheelhouse. Here we go. See how that works. And then, uh, yeah, that that uh, midweek thing they did was kind of nice this week because I could just grind out, you know, a hundred showdown matches. And yeah, I did some. I didn't do all of them, but uh, I don't have the patience that you do, Tucker. Yeah, <laughs> it took a while too because like. I don't understand every fucking idiot who plays this game when you have something like that. Just put your weakest people for defense. Yeah. So everyone can just keep yeah, winning. But instead, I got to go, like, for every two matches I win, I got to go lose four to lower my notoriety back down. Yes. It's annoying. I'm trying to figure out how to add uh, Tom Buck 2 to the call here. Share a link for others to join. What can I just? Uh, here we go. Let's see if I can add him. Talk amongst yourselves. I like to try to <laughs> Dang, hey, you I watch dropped... Game of Thrones or House of Dragon? Yeah, we talked about that. Yeah, I watched that last week. Yeah. Game of Thrones you... is back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I it's... thought it was good. It was fine. It it kind of just seems like more of the same. Like these are kind of lesser yeah. version characters we've already seen before. Um, so I've uh, I've already uh, read ahead of you know what the general plot is for the oh. show, or like for these characters. I guess I don't know what the show is going to do with it, but there's going to have to be a time jump here coming up pretty quick. I think. Oh really? Uh, yeah, because I was also confused because I knew. I had seen the cast for like um Rhaenyra, the 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 one who's you know slated to be the the queen now, and because uh, it's like Emma Darcy or something, I think was the one who shows up on IMDb is playing her. That's not who's playing her this episode. Oh, so I think in the next couple episodes you're gonna jump ahead a couple of years. Yeah, I wonder what kind of time period they are covering. Is I think those books are more just like history books almost, where they cover. Yeah, so you're going to cover long enough where the king's going to have another kid who's going to be old enough to be a contender for the throne. Oh, not to spoil it for you, but <laughs> like when no. the hand sent his daughter to the king's room, that wasn't just to you know hold his <laughs> hand or whatever. A little better, yeah. Well, maybe in a way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you can tell where that was going. Yeah, and I thought uh, Doctor Who was great in this. Matt Smith, is that his name? Yeah. Yeah, he was a lot better. Yeah, uh, King's brother. Uh, and Thor the Dark World, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I think it'll be... Because I also don't know how much freedom they have in the scripting versus what the books are, because the books are just kind of broad strokes. Yeah. Well, I think in George R. R. Martin, he's got, like, a bigger hand in this one, right? Like, actually kind of That's writing. what it sounds like. So, yeah, I think that, uh, I think it'll be pretty good. And, like, now you have a conclusion to the series already written. Yeah. <laughs> so that's always helpful. Yep. What did you like think you about know where you're going? The whole thing where they're like, "Oh yeah, the, he had this dream about the Song of Ice and Fire and and shit." <laughs> uh, yeah, that 
that was kind of like when She-Hulk said, I'm used to being angry because I'm a woman, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, okay. <laughs> that was like the equivalent of like a, the parody of Game of Thrones where you have like a character turn to camera and say, we're playing the game of thrones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was a little bit uh, like, okay, all right, we get it. You didn't have to say that, but... Enough. <laughs> uh, but yeah, overall, it was a good start, and I think we're going good places here. I just don't know, like, the... Uh, like, if they have a plan for how many seasons the show is already, or if they're just kind of winging it, is hey. the only question, I think. Tom Buck 2! Hello? Hey! Hey! There he is. This actually worked? Uh, yeah, I'm, I can hear you guys. Oh, how about that? Yeah. Yeah, we, we never do video. We, we're just how do I this, not so. do the video? Just click the little uh, video uh, thing. Hold your thumb. Right? There you go. <laughs> yeah. uh, hey, Tombuck, too, so you're at work? Yeah, I'm at work. On break. Yeah, this took uh, this took some effort on my part to figure this out. I'm not that bright, but I it, it finally worked. So hey, thanks for thanks for volunteering to come on the show. Uh, is there is there pressing news that you had, Tom Buckto, that you wanted to discuss? No, I just wanted to talk about the uh, the rehearsal. That's what Tuffy was hoping. Tuffy was hoping you watched the rehearsal. So yeah, yes. talk it over with Tuffy then. Finished it last night with the wife. She she watched it too. Oh, Tuffy, you still there? Uh, did we lose Tuffy? Jank? Oh, Jank's here. still here. All right, Tom, you're still here, right? I can hear you. So, apparently we lost Tuffy. Tuffy! <laughs> <laughs> Son of a bitch. It says he's still on the call. Yeah. <laughs> I... I hope to God Tuffy wasn't arrested. What's he doing? <laughs> Is he out partying tonight? Uh, he's out driving on his way to Michigan. Oh. So, Tuffy just left the call. Oh, no. Uh-oh. Yeah, we kind of need Tuffy to talk about the rehearsal because I haven't seen it. Jank, <laughs> you haven't seen it, right? So, nope. uh, it's uh, kind of a problem. Hey, Tuffy's back. Tuffy. Yeah. Hello. Hey. Hey, there he is. Hey, my Tuffy. brother called me, so I didn't know how this works with Skype, if I answer phone calls or what. Yeah, yeah you left. Uh, is everything all right with the brother? Yeah, he's just calling something about the boat for the morning. All right. Make sure to get the hookers in the back of it for the morning. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, Tom Buck, too, here wants to talk about the rehearsal. Yeah. <laughs> so... <laughs> So go ahead, Tom. Talk to Tuffy about the rehearsal. Well, last time you were on the show, Tuffy, you did not go into enough detail about him and his school from the previous episodes. That was insane. Uh, I thought the last time was just after the first episode, or was that after more of them? No, you talked a little bit more about it last week. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that was the – I mean, I don't even know what the show – I don't even know how to explain it to people. It's (sighs) – like when he did the the school, he was teaching actors how to how to stalk, stalk people. people and be oh, like okay. he's a pretend to be them. 
But then yeah. he became one of the stalkers on one of the students in the class. Yes. So the, the student's name was Thomas, and he was following a guy who worked at an acai bowl place. And that guy – but we never see this guy, so that guy probably isn't even real. Like they just obviously they make this stuff up, right, Duffy? This isn't none of this is real. I I think that's where I'm leaning, but I don't really know at this point. But anyway, Thomas is stalking this acai bowl worker, and this fake this bowl acai bowl worker is in a band. So so Nathan makes up two fake band members so Thomas can move in with these guys. <laughs> And at the same time, Nathan is pretending to be Thomas with a fake Nathan teaching the class. Yeah. So then when he goes, when he tells Thomas to move in with these two fake band members, he takes his keys to his apartment and tells him, like, he's going to water his plants and pick up his mail. And Thomas is like, oh, yeah, okay, that's fine. So then he, but he wants to go live at Thomas's apartment to be like Thomas. And then he's like, well, yes. Thomas isn't living in his apartment, so I need to go live with two other fake band members in a different apartment. And then fake Nathan asked for his keys to Thomas's apartment. It was, it was amazing. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's pretty good, yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah, I mean, we could spend three hours going over the show, I feel like, but... It is that good. Uh, Mike Daly, you got to get access to the HBO to watch this. <laughs> yeah, it seems like something I would enjoy. Because yeah. then, so yeah, because the, the finale this week, have you watched that yet? Yes, yes. Me and, okay. Um, I finally got my wife to actually watch it, and she loves <laughs> it and hates it. She Yeah. <laughs> so... <laughs> So then he goes back to Oregon where he has Angela, the lady who's doing the rehearsal of raising a kid, tells her they need to start over when he gets back there. And then so they go back to a three-year-old. And this episode, uh, she just kind of quits. So then he decides he wants to do the rehearsal for raising a kid. <laughs> then one of the kids thinks he's like his real dad because that kid doesn't have a dad. And they spend all day with him pretending to be his dad. So he has to tell that kid, I'm not your real dad, I'm just Nathan. But then he seems to be upset when the kids stop thinking he's his real dad. So to figure out how to not have kids get too attached to him, he has another actor that he brings to that kid's house to figure out how to be that kid so he could rerun the scenario with the actor playing the kid who was already the actor. <laughs> it is, yeah, it is the most insane thing. But when... After he comes back from L.A. and wants to, like, fix things with Angela and the kid, uh, he has an actor play Angela in a – and then he has – he redoes the house in his, in his studio. He yes. Has them remake the house so he can play – and this actor playing Angela is – she was awesome, Tuffy. Yeah. She was she so was good. good. Uh, but <sighs> – but then the problem with Angela and him is he wants to make the kid – he wants to raise him in Judaism, and she's like a staunch Christian, well, cause, yeah, crazy cause his, person. For some reason, his parents come visit him doing this rehearsal, and they ask him, like, well, why aren't you raising him with any you know Jewish traditions? Because Angela is very hardcore Christian and thinks everything is from the devil, basically. <laughs> so then he takes – 
he secretly starts taking this actor kid to lessons <laughs> in Jewish stuff behind Angela's back. But also they reveal that, like, if Nathan's not there, Angela doesn't really care about the rehearsal. She's just kind of hanging out in the house. Talking to the actors, like, with their real yes. names, like, as as actors. And wasn't doing the, the fake work that she was pretending to do when yeah. he was there. And then, like, she's, like, kind of quiff. Like, yeah, she doesn't even really care. She's like, this is about you, Nathan, not me. And like, it is. He's yeah. just doing everything for himself. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but when, so good. but he tells Angela that the kid's going to uh, swim lessons when he's taking them to the Judaism classes. So after the <laughs> class, he like gets a, goes stops at the the convenience store and gets a bottle of water and dumps it on. <laughs> yeah. At one point, he's like, "Oh, we have to go use a bathroom," and he gets the kid wet in the shower and coming out. I forget what he even tells the lady. <laughs> he has the kid lie and say that uh, the. <laughs> the shower turned on by accident and I fell. <laughs> <laughs> but then he has the lady teaching the Judaism classes come back to the house to confront yes. Angela about the religions. And that lady's like, I can't handle this, Angela. I'm out. She's the worst. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. me, they did. They did pay off when they moved the bar across the country. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because he just opened. Wait, we lost you, Tuffy. Uh-oh. Yeah, he just opens the bar as, like, a bar. <laughs> he builds, a, uh, like, a 60-foot a walkway from inside the studio <laughs> to the outside and, like, puts up an awning, like, and he can't use the name of the bar because it's a real bar in New York, so he just calls yeah. it, like, Nathan's Alligator Bar or something. Yeah. So the people that walk in, they have to walk in the door and walk to this, like, constructed hallway that leads right to the bar. <laughs> and he's just, Nathan's just, like, hanging out at the bar, like, hey, I'm I'm Nathan. That's This is my bar. Yes. It's, it's amazing. Because oh, another, there's another great part where he wants to understand something about, like, the parents of the kids who are playing the kids in the rehearsal – so he's playing the lady who's the mom to the kid who got confused. And so he's standing backstage while fake Nathan is being him in the rehearsal. And like the production assistant just leans over to him and goes, he's kind of a weird guy, isn't he? Talking about <laughs> him, Nathan, to Nathan playing the lady who's the mom of the kid actor. Uh, yeah, it's just it's it's incredible. I don't know what else to say. And yeah, like you said, Tom, I'm pretty sure it has to all be a script. Like, yes, everybody the, has to be an actor. Everyone's nobody's well, actually just, a part just, of the rehearsal. He proved it, but he has a school where he teaches everybody to be a stalker, and so he just makes everything up. And these people act whatever Nathan wants yeah. them to do. But the I mean, stuff he wants them to do is crazy. Yeah. Well, because I, I was talking to one of my other friends about this, and it was like, so the people who are in the school, did they just go into this thinking it was an acting class and, like, the, the, their jobs on the rehearsal, because some of them show up, like, in the stuff in Oregon, so they must have flown them up there. 
did they just go thinking it was an acting class or were they hired for a show and then told that their role yeah, was a student I, yeah. in an acting class or is there is there really an a real acting class that he does this not on camera so that they can be on camera to pretend to be in the acting class yeah so trying know. to parse out where reality ends and begins in this show is kind of difficult i don't think i like if you knew nathan that would be the worst cuz nothing would be real with that guy <laughs> yes everything's a bit Yes, <laughs> he's he's definitely from the Andy Kaufman tree. Yeah. So, you and yes, cousin Brandon. <laughs> what about cousin Brandon, Jack? <laughs> Maybe he wants to be on your podcast and do some bits. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, Tom, you didn't hear this earlier, probably because you're working. But uh, hypothetically, if cousin Brandon, Larry, and I were going to do a fake radio show, what would you like it to be about? But keep in mind, nobody wants hockey. to put in efforts preparing for the show. <laughs> yeah, it should be about hockey. That's right. That's a good one. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Like, what do you guys do? What is? What would you call this? <laughs> well, the working Just, title is Brandon Hates Larry. That's the working title for the podcast. Well, it could be Larry Hates Brandon, too. Uh, definitely Brandon hates Larry is what we're going with. <laughs> but, you know, that's fine. As long as as long as long Larry's back, I'll, call whatever Larry wants. Yeah, but see, Get Larry doesn't know what he wants the show to be about, and uh, we're, we're trying to figure out something, because apparently like, this was Larry and Brandon's idea. They wanted to do a, a show with me, and I'm like, well, what do you guys want to do about it? And they don't know. So we're trying to figure want, out what the, what, what the show should be about. So, so they, they want some direction, but they don't know what direction. Kind of, yeah. But it also and, uh, sounds like they don't want to have to do any preparation for the show. <laughs> <laughs> so if you have any ideas, shoot them over. And, uh, okay. Maybe we can do a, a rehearsal for a podcast. <laughs> we'll get someone to play me, someone to play Brandon, someone to play Larry. And then we'll watch. Yeah, and then you guys go over it. Yeah, me, me, Jank, and, and uh, yeah, yeah, Coffee right. can do it. I'll be uh, <laughs> I'll be, be perfect. Brandon. <laughs> uh, that would work out, yeah. We'll see. But, yeah, if you have any ideas, let me know. Now, Tom, are you ready to drink that much to pretend to be Brandon? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. I can That's do the that. other thing. That's the other thing I'm concerned about is we've talked on the show before how Brandon – forgets having conversations with me, all right? Like, he totally just forgets. <laughs> yeah. And then Larry, uh, when we were talking about the idea that Brandon had about doing the debate and um, not preparing for it, just doing it, and Larry's like, well, even if we do a topic that I know, I've done so much, like, you know, shampoo and booze, I black out. I have no idea. I can't remember things like I used to. And I'm like, what is happening with the two of you guys? It's like they're, it's like they're in their 70s or something. What is going on over there? Neither one of them can fucking remember any. Larry probably thinks he's still on the show. He probably thinks he's still here every week. He doesn't know. He's talking into a tin can every Friday now. (laughs) (laughs) What's going on? Good Lord. Hanging out in the alley. Yeah, I don't know. We'll figure it out. Maybe that's the Uh, name for the show, too. It could be Larry's Alley. (laughs) Larry's Alley. Buy the trash can. (laughs) Yeah, buy the trash can. (laughs) Yeah, we'll do a bit. Because, you know, one of the old – I've been putting up those old shows, you know, and uh, one of the old bits I, I uh, encountered was uh, What's Annoying Larry. Remember we used to do that, What's Annoying Larry? And we had that nice theme song where I played all the things that Larry hates. 
And then it ended with Leon from Curb Your Enthusiasm saying, fuck you, Larry. <laughs> yes, fuck you, Larry. Yeah, so, uh, but, I mean, that could be an idea, just like the two of them just bitching about things they hate every week, you know? I'm sure yeah, they'll be yeah. They'd have enough content, yeah. for sure. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's what I was worried about. Maybe they want it, but yeah, they probably could. Uh, all right, well, I'll send over some more ideas. Run them uh, through the the fellas, see if they they like it. But uh, I don't know. Let's see, I I don't I don't. Do you think? All right, let's place bets. Think this ever gets off the ground? <laughs> this no, no, no. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> <laughs> but, Cousin Brand is way nice. too flaky. But it was way nice too flaky. Them, nice of them to think about it, though. I appreciate. I that. mean, if Larry wants to do fake radio again, yeah, I know. But apparently, he doesn't <laughs> want to do this show anymore. I don't know. So, what's wrong with this show? I have no idea. <laughs> but he just—I guess he just wants to do something new, you know, something mm. fresh. But he also doesn't really want to do anything. I don't think he realizes how cutting edge this <laughs> radio program is. We're always doing yeah. new and exciting things, <laughs> like talk, calling Tom yep. Buck too at work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I bring in so much content, <laughs> and. uh yeah, we need we need more bits. So start writing bits. Yeah. Yeah. We'll figure it out. Uh, talk about to it. anything else? Oh, we reviewed Sheena, Queen of the Jungle from 1984, starring Tony. What did you Rock. watch last week? I watched uh, Shockma. Shockma. Oh yeah, I watched Shockma. That was awesome. That baboon. That baboon <laughs> hated doors, Tom. He hated doors. <laughs> he really did. <laughs> oh and. He did. The, you were talking about the guy who uh, got the uh, acid. Shockman oh, did. yeah, yeah, yeah. Hit him in the face with the acid. Oh. Like, <laughs> like he fell or something. I don't know, but he was, like, on the ground, and then Shockman, like, pushed it into his face. So that's why it was all, like, Oh, see, I thought and, he like, just chewed uh, his face off. No, oh, the yeah. acid. Oh, okay. That makes sense. There we go. But, uh, I mean, Shockman's awesome, though, right, Tom? Like, that, that guy's a star. <laughs> that, he was scary. I would have been scared as hell of that. that Dude, when he was barging into them doors, holy fuck. Oh, oh yeah, fuck another thing. When when they use the guy's foot as a door. Right? <laughs> yeah, I forgot. <laughs> like, there's yeah. no way they would have kept Shockman out when, when that guy's foot was there. Like, his foot was there, and then they were trying to hold the door. No way they would have kept that door shut when it was latched. Yeah, Shockman would have been in. Yeah, Roddy McDowell. They were using his his force. <laughs> <laughs> the, the only thing yeah. they could do to stop the monkey was to close doors, and they were they were using dead people to open doors. They're idiots. <laughs> uh, if only that baboon could figure out how to open a door, <laughs> they would have been dead. Just yeah. So this is the cutting edge stuff. We talk about something yes. we t- you talked about last week. <laughs> this week. Yeah, you can never talk too much about Shockma. It's always, there's always time. It's like Jello. There's always room for Shockma. Don't you worry about it. <laughs> always about so, All right, guys. I appreciate it. Thanks for uh, having hey, me tonight. No problem, Tom. Thank you for answering the call there. I think I figured I did, out how to do this. I was so, waiting for like my phone to ring, and it it wasn't. And I was like, yeah, I guess. But then I looked yeah, on did, Twitter. Yeah. Did you see like? Maybe, did it send you like a link or something? Maybe. No, I think I I told. Uh, Skype not to send me any notifications when oh. I signed up. I probably <laughs> should have. But, I should've but said how did you get that. in the room then? Did you like log into Skype and it was just saying? Like, uh, yeah, it was just waiting for me. Okay, there you go. All right, that worked out. Um, all right, Tom. Well, thank you, buddy. Appreciate it. All right, it. thanks, guys. Take care. There he goes, Tom Buck, too, the man who um, gave me the gift of Oscar. And I'm looking at her right now. She's awesome. So uh, there it is. 
All right. Uh, what else do we need? Jank, it's getting late. Do you want to do that top 11 or bag it? Push it back. Oh, you can do it if you want. How much time have we got? Half hour? If we, uh, uh, there's no limit. Skype. We have all the yeah. time in the world. <laughs> I forgot. There's no limit. <laughs> oh, no what a British lady to cut us off now. Yeah, we're still. Ah. <laughs> yeah, because normally we were talking about this before we started recording, but when we'd call in on Fridays, there's a British lady who would count down like one minute until showtime. One minute. And then she would count down five, four. Th- and it's like I was just waiting for that, but I forgot, oh, we don't have that anymore. So we're free yeah. of blog talk shackles. By the way, you know how they wouldn't talk to me at all before I quit? That as soon as I quit and officially quit, I got like three emails from Blog Talk the next day. I'm saying, hey, come on back to Blog Talk. Come on back. Yeah. Fuck you, Blog Talk. Yeah. yeah. Well, they realized the last person left, so they were like, oh, shit, I guess we got nothing now. <laughs> what are we going to do now for our uh, money laundering scheme? If we don't have that <laughs> How do we talk Ellen and Grillin into coming back? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, Blog Talk, yeah. Fuck you. And fuck you. All right. So, uh, yeah, we, I guess theoretically, in theory, Jank, we could leave an empty space here to put in the top 11 theme, but that's a lot of work and I'm not going to do it. So let's just <laughs> pretend. Numbers all go to 11. And of course, now we got to give the Pointer Sisters a name. 11. It's okay. You didn't sing it very well, so they won't know. Yeah. <laughs> but, but again, the Ed got a copyright strike for singing Billy Jean, I guess. So uh, he had. <laughs> they were confused. They actually thought it was Michael Jackson. No, it's the Ed singing Billy Jean. What are you doing? But uh, yeah. all right. So, Jank, this top 11, if I remember correctly, was it top 11 prequels? Is that what you were doing? Yeah. Top 11 prequels. It's yeah, a pretty prequels. low bar, I have to say. There's not a lot of good prequels. Yeah. Is there a reason you came up with this list? Did something spark this list in you? You're like, oh, I got to put together the top eleven prequels. It may have been inspired by something that will appear on the list. Um, oh, okay. Well, we'll say that. Probably no. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right. I've not seen that one yet. Okay. Uh, All right. Well, let's just get right into it. Then number eleven. Well, first off, there's a couple I got to mention that didn't make the list just because I don't think they would technically qualify. Okay. Um, like Godfather Part Two, obviously is parts prequel, parts sequel. Yeah, it's a tough one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. mix. As you're, <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, that doesn't really qualify. So I couldn't put that in there. Um, and speaking of, we talked a lot about the Planet of the Apes movies. Um, the most recent three Planet of the Apes movies, I couldn't really count them as prequels because I don't think they seem like they're building towards a reboot of the Planet of the yeah. Apes. Yeah. So then they actually. Are prequels to the original Planet of the Apes because those movies had a whole thing about like um, there was a virus that wiped out all the cats and dogs, and what? then like the monkeys became all became pets, and they humans basically turned them into butlers, and that's how the monkeys took over because they were like that entire taking shit from the humans. That is <laughs> really what? stupid. That is a really stupid uh, thing. In the new Planet of the Apes, no, in the originals and like the later oh, like, okay. is they kind of explain like how that all happened. And like Absolutely. Caesar stayed to stand up and say no to the humans. <laughs> <laughs> so, so why weren't the cats and dogs working as butlers? I mean, come on. Why, why did, why did <laughs> yeah, they have to wait yeah. for? 
Well, monkeys were smarter, so they're like, oh, shit, now that we got these monkey slaves, like, we're in the <laughs> But monkeys money. were already there. They could have had monkey slaves when the cats and dogs were there, too. I don't understand why the virus had to wipe out Well, this wasn't dogs. commonplace to have monkeys before, before they <laughs> ran out of pets. They're not living, then. <clears throat> everyone should have a monkey. <clears throat> All right. Yeah, everyone knows the pet hierarchy goes dogs and cats, and then next up is monkeys. <laughs> Well, the holy trinity, of course, of animals is monkey, cat, and squirrel. There's your three. <laughs> all right. So, uh, Jack, are those all the honorable mentions then? Uh, one more Smallville, the, uh, the WB show about the early years of Superman. Oh, Again, so we're doing, I don't know. We're, we're doing TV and movies here as prequels, not just movies. Oh, so we're doing all, everything. Oh, okay. Anything I can think of <laughs> across all well, media. <laughs> so I'm going to guess there's a comic book in here then, right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know but if it's I'm the one you're thinking about. I'm also going to guess there isn't a work of literature on this list. <laughs> um, about that. <laughs> Not some. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> like, I'm I'm trying to think what a prequel would be in terms of uh, a literature book. I guess they try to do like well, the are... thing. They're gone with the wind, right? Didn't they do something like that? But there's a uh, there's a Game of Thrones prequel book. Not yeah. the Fire and Blood history one that's the House of Dragon source, but the uh, Knight of the Seven Kingdoms, I think it's called, that is a prequel to the Game of Thrones books, but came out after. Okay. Yeah. I'm All right. So uh, now All number right. 11? Actual number 11. Uh, again, the, lo- the bar is low here, so forgive me for this number 11. Number 11 is Tremors 4, The Legend Begins. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, My cousin Pete would hate this because he hates that. He loves the Tremors movies, but he hates number four. Can't stand it. But it's perfectly fine. It's set back, you know, the original Tremors from 1989 and Kevin Bacon and all that. Uh, See, wait, wait, wait. Let's let's stop there for a second because I've never seen any of them. But I do recall Kevin Bacon was in them. But are these like creatures under the ground that cause earthquakes or something? Yeah, those big kind of worm-like things that have these like tendril things. They burst out of the ground, and when they hear sound and stuff like that, and it's all set in this this like small city in like the desert called Perfection. Um, so this is set. This movie, Tremors Four, is actually set way in the past, in like the 1800s, when they're just kind of first first people are settling in the town of Perfection, and they're trying to build up this town. So the good thing is it's kind of nice because. In those other Tremors movies, especially after the first one, now they realize that these graboids are out there. They start, you know, having more artillery and stuff ready to deal with them. So this kind of takes it back to a time, but when they didn't have all the, you know, necessarily as big of guns and that type of thing. So you, it's kind of, it makes it a simpler story where they're trying to take out these graboids with, you know, more less sophisticated weaponry. And it's also, they do the same kind of thing where uh, Michael Gross is in, like, all the movies, <laughs> playing this guy, Burt Gummer, who's, like, a gun nut, who, like, you know, is a big conspiracy guy, has a lot of guns. Um, and in this movie, they do the Back to the Future thing where, like, he plays his own grand great-grandfather or grandfather, whatever it is. Um, but, of course, this guy is, like, a Nancy boy, like a fancy, you know, city boy who does never used a gun in his life. So it's like, oh, they give him something different to do in this movie than he normally gets to do in the movies where he's kind of a crazy, you know, gun nut. All right. I don't know who that guy is, but I'll take your word for it. Michael Gross, uh, he was the dad on uh, Family Time. Oh, 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 okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 All right. So number 10. Um, One of two comic book entries on this list. Uh, I went with the an entire month's worth of comics, the Marvel Flashback Month. 
from July 1997. Um, this was a month where basically throughout the entire Marvel line, they came out with, instead of the normal numbered issues, there was a, ne- a negative one issue. <laughs> okay. It was just minus one. And uh, basically it was, uh, it would always be a story set before the comic had ever started. So like Uncanny X-Men, it would be before there ever were any X-Men, uh, that type of thing. And they always were introduced by like Stan Lee would have like, they'd be a little, you know, cartoon Stan Lee in there and he'd be talking about like, hey, what's going on and stuff like that. Kind of doing Stanisms and that kind of thing. Uh, some of them were good. Obviously the, the, you know, the quality varies comic to comic. But some of them were pretty good, and a lot of them did set up storylines in the current day, like, oh, like, they fought this person way back when, and now it's going to come back in this day. So a lot of them were cool. Um, the Hulk one, I remember, I think that was my favorite. Um, that was the one where we found out that Bruce Banner had accidentally killed his own father. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Because they'd shown a scene way back when they first kind of started learning about Bruce's like family where they were arguing in the, in the cemetery over, uh, you know, Bruce Banner's mom's grave. And, uh, you just saw, you know, his dad beat the shit out of him. But it turns out like after that, after that moment that we, we had seen all, all the, you know, a long time ago, he ended up accidentally kicking his dad backwards and his dad, like, you know, fell and hit his head on a, on a gravestone and died. <laughs> Oops. How did that get explained? Like, um, this one was a weird issue. It was pretty cool though. It was kind of like a, like a journey through the Hulk's mind and he was like seeing these weird puppet shows explaining all this stuff that he had repressed. Well, like, how did they explain it to like the authorities? I mean, like, how did he? Yeah. Uh, I, I think they basically, I mean, they just said he tripped us essentially. <laughs> Cause all he right. didn't even do it. He just kind of kicked him while they were fighting and really it was a death <laughs> beat the shit out of him. So if anything, I guess you could say self-defense, but I think they just said he tripped. And his dad was such an asshole that, like, he had just gotten paroled out of prison and stuff for murdering yeah. his mom, so. Oh, oh, wait, he murdered his mom. Yeah. See, I don't know any of this. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's why Bruce Banner is so fucked up, is, like, when Bruce was born, like, he was always very, very smart. And, like, his drunken dad was always like, you're a fucking mutant. You're one of those mutants. But, but again, this is all, this is all added years late, like the original 63 or 65 Hulk, you know, like none of this was there. This was added later, like in the, yeah, 90s. this is probably mid eighties. I would say they started adding these layers. Oh, okay. So yeah, one day, like, you know, Bruce's mom tried to take Bruce and, you know, we're getting in the car and we're leaving because your dad's an abusive drunk and shit. And, uh, the dad was just like, nope, and murder. <laughs> right in wait, front of Bruce. wait, his dad wasn't in a UFO, was he? Because that's probably <laughs> when they're driving away, he flew the UFO. And anyway, tying <laughs> it back to the She-Hulks. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I don't know anything about this uh, Bruce Banner kind of stuff. So, all right, that yeah, interesting. All right, well, there you go. The, the flashback Marvel crap from what? What year did you say that was? Ninety-seven. Ninety-seven. Yeah. All right. All right. Uh, number nine. This is the other comic book entry on here. Uh, Serenity: A Shepherd's Tale. Ooh, never heard of it. Uh, 2010. Is a prequel uh, to the TV show? Yes. It's a prequel to the Firefly TV show. In oh, Spain. okay. Oh, I uh, didn't know. I didn't really. So who put out, Who? what company put this out? I think it was Dark Horse. It wasn't I was one of the. I say, ma- that would have been my guess, Dark Horse. Yeah. Does it feature, uh, what's her name, the lady Mike Dell likes? <laughs> Marina <laughs> uh, Baccarin? Yeah. Marina Baccarin? Jewel Strait was also very good on there. Kaylee? 
she was hot. Yeah. Too. Who who is she? I can't even remember. She's like the mechanic girl. Wow, I don't I have no recollection of her whatsoever. I just remember Marina Baccarin played a space whore, right? She was a <laughs> yes, space yeah. yeah. And then yep. Christina Hendricks with blonde hair was on one episode, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. That was nice. I think she was on two. Yeah, she came back. All right. But, uh, so basically on the show, there was a character, Shepard Book, who was like a preacher, essentially. Okay. I remember that guy. Yeah. Yeah. And they always kept that, hinting. Yeah, he was, uh, he was Harris from Barney Miller. That was the actor, Ron Glass. Yep. That was him. Yeah. yeah died shortly after the movie came out. So <laughs> weird how that worked out. Um, but they, they kept hinting on the show that he had this secret past and stuff. Like, like, but a bunch of people would be like, that's no, that's no Shepard. That's, you know. So clearly he knew his way around weapons and stuff like that. And they never did address it in the show. Like they were clearly planning to do something eventually, but they never did because it got canceled way too early. And then he dies in the movie. So you're like, okay, I guess we're never going to find out about this guy. But that's what this comic was for is they go into his past and explain his whole backstory where he was like a higher up in the, uh, you know, in the alliance that's ruling the galaxy, but he was actually like a, the undercover agent who was sabotaging them from the inside. That sounds pretty good. I like Firefly the show. The movie, I, I don't think it was. That, I don't think it worked. It kind of like didn't have the same charm or the feel of the show. At least that's what I thought. Jank, what did you think about the movie? moments? It definitely looks a little different. Like they tried to, they gave it like the Power Rangers, the movie treatment where it doesn't look the same anymore because it's not on a TV screen <laughs> and it's a little too glossy, a little too like. <laughs> But uh, I, I just think the tone of it was off. Like, just everything yeah. was off. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're, you're trying to wrap up the entire story in, like, a two-hour movie, so it, it's going to make things a little weird, I think. You don't have time to let things breathe. Yeah. But it just seemed like everything that made the show good, like the affable characters, the whatever, the charm of it all, that was not present in the movie at all. <laughs> I think they still had some good character moments. They tried to get them in as much as they could. Uh, didn't like three of them die then, or at least two, or one, or I don't know. Uh, yeah. Alan Tudyk died. I don't remember who else died. Just, um. I I don't even remember the mechanic girl from Firefly. I gotta look her up, I guess. Let's go back. Alright, next up. Alright, number eight is Resident Evil Zero. 2002 video game. Oh, wow, you're going video game. Yeah. Uh, Technically, I guess it was like the fifth uh, game released in the Resident Evil series of like the main series. Uh, It was after Resident Evil 1, 2, 3 and uh, Code Veronica. Uh, Then they came out with Resident Evil 0, which was a direct prequel to the first Resident Evil game. Uh, The first Resident Evil game is about the alpha team or yeah, the alpha team of the stars unit. Uh, going in to rescue the Bravo team who had gone to investigate these murders in the mountains and didn't come back. So your your team is sent in to, to to find the Bravo team and rescue them. And throughout the game, you see a bunch of those guys get murdered or you find their corpses. And in the Chris scenario, you meet up with one of the like the uh, this medic from their team, Rebecca Chambers, who is still alive, and she kind of helps you out. Um, so Resident Evil Zero was basically to show what happened to her. Like, what was she doing before, you know, you find her in the mansion? Like, what was her story? How did she survive those couple of days um, in the mountains and that kind of thing? 
So this is very much a direct prequel to that, and it's a pretty good game. It's not the best Resident Evil game, but it's decent enough, and there are zombie monkeys in it, so... Hey, there you go. Ooh, zombie Kifo. Yeah. Kifo. I, who was in the movies, the Resident Evil? That was that, uh... Mila Jovovich. Yeah, there she is. <laughs> hey, what was that other? Run, Lola, Run. Remember that? <laughs> yeah. That was something. Yeah, that's a good movie. But that wasn't her, right? Or was that no. her? No. <laughs> it looked like her. <laughs> yeah, or somebody hair. else was like... <laughs> yeah. But Mila Jovovich was in the uh, Fifth Element. That's what she was in. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, she looked incredible in there. Good. But I always think of her when I run Lola Run, but that's not her. Nope. Lady. All right. I think that was the lady from, uh, like, the first Bourne movie. I can't remember. I've never seen any of those Bourne movies. I tried putting on one of them Jason Bourne movies one time, and uh, there's, like, 50 camera cuts in 30 seconds, and I'm like, all right, I can't take this. <laughs> the later ones are even worse. They're, they're like, a bunch of cuts, but, like, the camera is shaky the entire time. Yeah. yeah. It's like Muhammad yeah. Ali's holding the camera. <laughs> you know, Tuffy, that was a little rough, taking a shot at Mahoney. But uh, you think we'd be used to it watching WWE with all uh, Kevin Dunn and his camera cuts and everything. But, yeah, it was just way too much. Just way too much. I couldn't take it. So yeah. I tapped out. Yeah. Hey, I, I looked up that girl from the Firefly. I kind of remember her. Yeah, I wasn't, wasn't a big fan of her. But uh, Summer Glau was also on the Firefly. Yeah. Yeah, that was something. She was something. Yeah. Sure was. So, all right. Uh, where are we at? Seven or? Yep, number seven. Uh, this is also a video game. Uh, I'm sure you'll love this one, Mike Dell. Batman Arkham Origins. <laughs> Arkham Origins. I I tried to play some Batman game on uh, the PS4 because they have, like, uh, you can download a free game every month. Or, or there's a certain free games you can get every month if you belong to that PlayStation Plus or whatever. I can't, I don't, it wasn't, I can't remember what it was called, but. It was one of them Batman Arkham games in that series. Arkham but, Knights you know. or Arkham Asylum. Yes, or... I think Knights. I think Knights. City. It was okay, but it is Batman. Yeah. It's not as good as this well, Spider-Man game. That Spider-Man game I have is fucking awesome. Way better than that Batman game. Wish I had. But uh, so you're talking about, is this the video game you're talking about, or are you talking about the comic book, or what is this? No, this is the video game. Uh, this was the third game in the Arkham series. It came after Arkham Asylum and Arkham City. Um, and it was basically set a couple of years before them. It's basically you you encounter the Joker for the first time at a certain point. I think uh, Bane is kind of the main villain of this one. Um, it's it's a fine game. I think people knocked it a lot at the time just for not having a lot of innovation. Um, like it didn't have a lot of new features that weren't in the last game, but it had fun boss fights and you know it was it's perfectly fine getting in that world again. If you like the first two games, I think you'll like this one too. Um, they, I think it was put out by a different company, so they didn't get the same voice cast, which is not as good. Like, if you don't have Kevin Conroy and Mark Hamill, it's never going to be quite as good. Um, but if they have a, a, a like a uh, mode where you can be Bane and you can break Batman's back, I will <laughs> buy that game tonight. <laughs> can do that. <laughs> you got to tap A quickly, or you won't do it. <laughs> Uh, all right. Uh, next. All right. Number six. Uh, potential spoilers here, I guess, for the uh, Final Destination series. <laughs> um, but Final Destination 5 from 2011, 
uh, is actually a secret prequel to the original Final Destination movie. You've watched okay. five Final Destination movies? <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm, they're making a new one coming to HBO this year. I'm going to be fucking sitting right there. Oh. <laughs> now, for those who don't know, I've never seen any of these, but basically uh, – they're movies where people just die <laughs> in the movie. They just well, it's not that simple. It's basically <laughs> there's, there's some kind of a big accident. In the first one, it's a plane crash, and a bunch of people die. But usually one person has a vision of it, and they basically see what what is going to happen ahead of time. And then they freak the fuck out and get a bunch of people off of the plane in this case. And they case. call it a song so of a ice and fire. Of, they, <laughs> <laughs> but, but because those people survived, they were supposed to die, so they still got to die, right? Yep. So death is still coming after them, and they're basically going to come in the same order that they were supposed to die on the plane. They're going to die due to other reasons, usually some kind of weird Rube Goldberg-esque, like, you know, <laughs> situation Dude, now where do you have like a uh, norm mcdonald playing death like on family guy then i'll watch sadly no yeah death is just kind of a faceless thing although uh tony todd plays like the undertaker who's always talking about death so that's kind of cool at least have you ever heard of a book called appointment in samara by john o'hara no well, the, the title of the book is based on a little like a little story joke about uh, this guy had a feeling he was going to die. And he's trying to avoid the, the, the Grim Reaper there. And uh, he sees the Grim Reaper. So he runs away from the Grim Reaper and he's going to go to a he sees the Grim Reaper. The Grim Reaper says, him, but he just runs away from him. And he's going to go to a town called Samara and he's going to hide out in Samara. He'll be safe from the Grim Reaper there. And then some guy at the bar, or whatever, he's talking to the Grim Reaper. He's like, hey, where, what's wrong with that guy? He went running away. And he's like, I don't know, but I have an appointment with him tomorrow in Samara. So basically, you can run away from your fate all you want, but it's still going to get you. You know, it's going to get you. So that's basically what Final Destination is, right? Like, it's your fate. You're, you got to go. Very much so. If you're supposed to die, you got to die. You can only put it off for so long. So, so yeah, basically, Final Destination number- 5, they don't let on that it takes place before the first one until the very end. When these the character the two characters that quote unquote live through Final Destination Five, they are getting on a plane to Paris, and you realize, oh shit, this is the same plane from the first movie that everyone dies on. Oh, <laughs> it's that's their fault <laughs> that they huh. got on the plane. Oh, so then the the whole cycle continues there because some people didn't get on the plane. Yeah, yeah. How about that? That's pretty good though, Tuffy. Yeah. Right. Does that make you interested in Final Destination? That's pretty good. No, but this is why uh, the guy burning darts in uh, the movie tonight, you know, doesn't have me worried because death's going to find me wherever I go anyway. So what's the point? Just keep burning those darts. Yeah, take your medicine and burn your darts. I got an appointment at the Philip Morris factory. No matter where you go, there's a monkey with a grenade that has your name on it. He's going to chuck that grenade. It's going to get you. So, all right, uh, are we up to five? Uh, yep, number five, uh, The Many Saints of Newark. She just came out, I think, last year. I've never yeah. heard of this. I have no idea what this is. The Sopranos uh, prequel. On the show, yeah. This was the, oh, this, okay. All right. Yeah. That HBO Max put it out. <laughs> um, basically about, like, a young Tony is kind of in there, played by James Gandolfini's actual son. But it's more the story of Christopher Moltisante's uh, father. Tony's uncle and kind of the influence he had on Tony's life and that kind of thing. Uh, it's pretty good. If you like The Sopranos, I, you'll like it somewhat. I know Larry wasn't super over the moon with it, 
Wanted Larry more. loves the Sopranos. Yeah. <laughs> I think he was hoping for more of that Sopranos feel, like it would be, you know, a little funnier and that kind of stuff, but it's uh it's a little bit drier in that regard. Oh, like Firefly but, and Serenity. It's kind of the same situation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Trying to class it up for the movie. And it doesn't quite have the same feel. Yeah. Yo, pass on that one. Don't watch that one. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, number four, season two, episode nine of The Shield, entitled Co-Pilot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, basically, when uh, when Sean Ryan was writing The Shield pilot, somebody gave him the advice, like, hey, don't start it on day one. You start it, you know, once the station's already up and running yeah. and everything, and, uh, yeah. let people get in, and they'll, they'll catch up. The audience will catch up to you. Uh, so basically that's what this episode is, is he took that advice for the actual pilot, but then this co-pilot episode is essentially just in the middle of season two, they decided to cut back to what it was like when this new station opened up in the Farmington division of Los Angeles and, you know, a bunch of people, bunch of cops got transferred in and they're kind of meeting for the first time. And Vic is just first over as the leader of this, this newly formed strike team. And you kind of see how they start going down the path, you know, of, you know, being crooked <laughs> and how they kind of realize, Hey, this is kind of easy. Why are we doing this all the time? All right. So it's pretty, pretty good. good. Pretty good prequel. I'll pass on that one as well. <laughs> <laughs> Any prequels with a chimp. Can you do that for me? Um, <laughs> not looking good. I'm looking at the rest of the list. Not looking good. <laughs> I'm i uh, I'm distracted what? at the moment because, uh, Earlier today, I talked to my buddy John Fortunato, and when uh, Jank, you mentioned uh, this movie here, one of these movies, you said it just came out or whatever, and I said, oh, because John was telling me about a movie he just saw with his family there that just came out called Fall, F-A-L-L. You ever hear of this? No, I never, never heard of it. But apparently, it's about two girls who, who climb one of those real tall towers out in the desert, like them radar towers or whatever, the antenna towers, you know. And it's like a suspense kind of thing where they go up and basically the whole movie is just them climbing this tower. He says it's pretty interesting. But when you said that, I Googled it up just because that reminded me of it. I was like, oh, I'll ask Jank if he's seen this. And uh, it gets good reviews there on Rotten Tomatoes. But there's some girl in this movie called uh, Grace Caroline Curry. Holy fuck, is she good looking? Grace Caroline <laughs> Curry. Holy hell. Yeah. Need to do some scholarly <laughs> research. <I> guess, <laughs> good God. All right, uh, so, yeah, Fall, maybe check that out. He says it's kind of like uh, he hates heights, so he said he's really nervous the whole time watching this fucking movie because it's, like, just the actual them climbing or whatever. And uh, It's a feature-length movie of just them climbing a tower? Pretty much, yeah. That's what it seems. Because I read a little... like that. Yeah, there's been a couple things like that. Uh, Jank, what was that one of the, the people in the water, right? And the shark was flying around them? Or... Yeah, I just watched something this week called, was, like... like uh, lively in it or something? 40, oh yeah, yeah. That was like The Shallows, I think, was the Blake Lively yeah. one. Yeah, something like that, yeah. It was the like 127 a, hours is where it's just the guy with his arms stuck in a rock for a while. Yeah. Like 13 meters down where they get like trapped in a shark cage. The like two sisters. Huh. Yeah, I never heard of that one either. Uh, I saw something this week, like, <laughs> I think it was called 12 Feet Deep, where uh, these two girls are in a public pool and like they're diving to get this ring that they left in the pool and uh you know they closed the thing up for the weekend and basically the the uh the top the cover 
comes over the pool so they can't get out. <laughs> <laughs> but there's enough room for them to breathe, though, right? Yeah, yeah. It's basically just enough room for, like, your head. So they're kind of just treading water and trying to find a way huh. out. Couldn't they go to the shallow end? Stand there? Yeah, they tried that. Yeah. And there was, like, a sadistic, like, night, you know, janitor lady who's, like, torturing them and, like, stealing all their money and shit. Right. <laughs> Got weird. Turns. Got a little weird. Yeah. But, yeah. oh, man, Grace Caroline Curry. Oh. Highly recommend this. All right. Um, next four? up, what's that, Tuffy? Is it number four? Yeah, I think it's number four, uh, right? Number three. It's number three. This oh, one's for you, Tuffy. Twin Peaks, Fire Walk With Me. Hey, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, Jake, yeah. let's just sit this one out. Let's have talk, Tuffy after- talk us uh, through it. All right, Tuffy, go ahead. Talk <laughs> about the prequel of the Twin Peaks. Yep. Uh, there's a lot of people doing some fire walking, you know, where you put the, the hot ashes. And then there's, no, like, a little no. guy in a room. Uh, um, there's a there's a dark – there's a lodge of some kind, uh, a white <laughs> one and a black one, maybe. Uh, I don't yeah, know. <laughs> But yeah, fire red walk lodge? Is there a red lodge? White lodge and uh black lodge, right? I think we see the white Yeah, we don't see the white one in the movie, but there's yeah. definitely some black lodge. Uh but Jank, yeah, we talked about this on the show when uh, we uh watched it, but uh it is the prequel Laura Palmer before she's dead. She's uh, in high school yeah. and whatnot. And we find out that uh th- this Laura Palmer, she's a bit of a hellcat. You know, she's uh <laughs> yeah. she's out there causing trouble. <laughs> Dancing and just take your top off. Yeah. Oh, hey. Yeah, I know. Top. I remember that coming up before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I must have been zoned out by the time we got to this movie. Yeah, I, I liked Firewalk with Me because uh, I think when it came out, people didn't know what to make of it, and they. Uh, but if you're really into Twin Peaks, I think it's a good movie. I think it works and it's uh, it's entertaining. You know, it's fun. It's, uh, it's how I felt when I first saw it because, like, I obviously the. The season two ends off in like a weird cliffhanger where Dale's in the Black Lodge and you're like, what the fuck is this? And he's asking about how Annie is and shit like that. And you're like, oh God, I hope the movie answers what happens next. And it doesn't. No. It's just. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> it just gives you more backstory on Laura Palmer. Yeah. yeah. But once you, once you, you realize that, then you're just like, oh, okay. I, I accept this for what it is. Not what I was yeah. hoping for. But I did enjoy it. I do remember enjoying it. Like all the stuff with, hey, remember David Bowie was in it? That creep? Yeah. That was yeah. Really <laughs> He's like skipping through time, essentially. Yeah. <laughs> great, man. Yeah. What, what was he saying? Like, don't, don't, uh, don't talk about Judy, right? Is that what he was saying? Don't talk about that Judy. Is, yeah. yeah. We aren't going to talk about Judy. And then that comes back into play 20 whatever years later when they do the season three and all that stuff. So, um, they set up so much of that third season in, in this movie. It's crazy. I know. It is insane. It's like the part in the woods where like, you see uh, Laura Palmer just screaming at nothing. And then <laughs> later on, we find out what she was screaming at. Yeah. Like, I just don't know if like this is planned all along and like it's in a, it was like in a journal somewhere that he had David Lynch had this whole time or they just, when they did season three, they decided, oh, you know what? Let's go back and how would this connect? And let's do that. I don't know. It's crazy. Because um, it seems know. like this was almost yeah. all planned. You know, it seems like it was one big master plan. 
but that seems crazy. Well, they talk know. about things like, oh, 20 years later, and then it actually happens yeah. 20 years later. It's like, <laughs> so strange. Huh. Uh, <laughs> all right. Seems like this thing planned. All right, number two. <laughs> all right, number two, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Yeah, that's a good uh, one because, yeah, that is a prequel. Yeah, that is very good. Yeah, it takes place a year before uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, even though it came out after. Um, I'm not sure exactly why it's a prequel, like why they set it prior to that one. You didn't really need to, I don't think. <laughs> yeah, that is a but, little weird. I think because they didn't want to do yeah. stuff with Marianne, you know, like a, a domesticated <laughs> Indiana Jones. They wanted to go back when he was an adventurer, you know, because Raiders kind of ended with them kind of together. So I think he wanted to go back. Yeah, but that Last Crusade comes along. That's yeah. after. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know. <laughs> but because you broke it with this. But because you broke it with the second movie, it kind of like people aren't, hey, where's Mary? And now it's years later, you know, it's seven years later. So like, oh, yeah, whatever. I don't care. But, um, to me, the one thing I can see is like, uh, yeah, short round. <laughs> yeah. Short round in <laughs> like, uh, he's, he's a little bit more like um, after Fortune and Glory in Temple of Doom, whereas, you know, by the time it's Raiders, he's kind of like, it belongs in a museum and shit like that. So maybe he there's a little bit of a character arc. There, I guess. Yeah, I, when Indian and, and some, again, you guys are too young, you didn't remember, but when this came out, like, people didn't like it. It was like, well, this isn't like Raiders of the Lost Ark. This is different. This, people were kind of just love it. Oh, you know, that's yeah. a movie we could have done for Apes for August is uh, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. There's a whole monkey oh, army. Oh, no, that, there's fucking monkeys in the no. tree. Listen, I love monkeys, but even I was pissed at that movie. <laughs> Because that is so fucking stupid. But, um, yeah. yeah, Temple of Doom, a lot of people, when it first came out, people didn't like it. And there's all kind of outrage about the scene where they ripped the heart out of the guy's chest. They're like, oh, you can't do that, all that shit. But, yeah, years later, like, you watch it, the movie's fucking great. Like, there are so yeah, many. That's what sequels should do for prequels is take some chances. Don't just do the same thing over again. That's kind of my okay. problem with Last Crusade. It's like, all right. Yeah, we got Nazis again. We got a lot of the same plot points. Well, well, that's why they did that, though, because people were so mad at Temple of Doom. They went back to the first one, kind of <laughs> the same thing. Uh, but the uh, the scene, opening scene in the club, the nightclub, with the gong and rolling the gong and jumping up, that's awesome. Like, jumping out of the plane with the, the raft, of course, it's ridiculous, but it's awesome. And going down the slope, the, the coal car chase was awesome. There's so many fucking awesome things in this movie. The scene with the bridge at the end. Drop the stones, Me. Dr. Jones. Yeah, kind of, yeah. <laughs> the alligator's eating. <laughs> they just kind of cut away, and then they show the alligator with, like, a little bit of cloth in its mouth. Like, and, oh, and short, round, really short round is the man. Hey, yeah, one of the other great. things we did on uh, LCS, I'll, I'll probably post this episode at some point. I guess I could. But in the first year, we had an interview with short round. I don't know if you guys remember this. <laughs> you probably weren't listening. I think I vaguely. But in 2007, no, yeah. I was we, definitely not. We interviewed Short Round on the show, so this oh. and no, it wasn't the Ed pretending to be Short Round. This was before the Ed, <laughs> so well, uh, maybe I'll put that episode up on YouTube if I remember. Uh, <laughs> I mean, Willie is terribly annoying. Don't get me yeah. wrong; that's the biggest flaw of this movie. Kate Capshaw, the worst. Yeah, she. I mean, she's an attractive lady, but she's not my kind. Like, I, you know, yeah. Constantly complaining really drags it down a couple of notches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not a big fan of the willy. But, uh, <laughs> all right, so number one, the number one prequel. Let's see if we can guess what it is. Tuffy, any ideas? I'm going to guess. Uh, uh, well, definitely. Go ahead, yeah, Tuffy. Better I, know, call Saul. 
Well, no, it's it's Phantom Menace because you love the prequels, the Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, are, I mean that's the best of the three Star Wars prequel <laughs> movies. Somehow. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I can't think uh, other prequels. Um, man, I don't know. What's another prequel? You think Star Wars? You think well, House of the Dragon now is technically a prequel. <laughs> one episode in, probably not going to make the list. We'll give that a presumptive <laughs> we'll number how... one. <laughs> All right, Jake, what's move. number one? I mean, it's Attack of the Clones. I always wanted to know him, the <laughs> and Skywalker. It's the piece that I always it was origin. <laughs> no wonder he went yeah. to the dark side. So great. Jank hates sand. Darth Vader hates sand. It fits. <laughs> so my soulmate. Simpatico. But yeah, it's better call Saul. Oh, that was the inspiration for this list. Um <laughs> It's it's the best prequel there's been yet, I, I would say. Um, it took everything from Breaking yeah. Bad and told the story in a good way. It, it has little details of like, oh, here's where the, you know, the super lab came from, and here's this kind of thing. Here's you know, Gus's doctor in Mexico. We get to see <laughs> earlier instances with him. But it's like so, but it doesn't do it in a way where it's like, oh, this is vital information you need to see. It's like those are never the point of the episodes. It's more just this guy Jimmy. And his life, and you get invested in the character, and you want to see what happens. That's that's the core of the show, and it's interesting throughout. Yeah, it's great. You should watch it, Mike Dell. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Bob Odenkirk is great. This is the part of the show where we Google things. I'm looking up best prequels. Phantom Menace is actually listed on this list of best prequels. <laughs> Yikes. Um, <laughs> They have Casino Royale. It's a, I don't know. Is that, is that sure? Hey, Jank, they have Paranormal Activity 3. Is that a pretty Oh, uh, you know what? That is probably the best of those movies. Pete made me watch those for original Janksters. I, I could not stand them, but that's probably the best <laughs> of them. <laughs> they also have Paranormal Activity 2 as a prequel. So two and three were both prequels to number one? Well, two, if it's a prequel, it's not by very much. Like, it's maybe, you know, within the same week or, you know, a week earlier or something like that. From what I recall, like, the first one's about, like, this couple. And then the second one is about the woman in that couple's sister and what's going on with her family. And then the third one is basically about the two of them when they were growing up. So they're, like, you know, kids. Hey, hey, Tuffy, this one also, this list I'm looking at also has Rogue One as one of the best prequels. Ever. Ooh, no, it is not. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I, I can't think that of too many off the top not of my head. Good. <laughs> Solo, I guess, is another Star Wars prequel. <laughs> yeah. In case you were dying to know that he got his last name because he was alone. Yeah. <laughs> is that really how he got his name? Yeah, so stupid. His name was, I guess, just Han, and then they're like, "Well, you need a last name." And he's like, "Well, you're you're here alone, so Han Solo." That is so stupid. <laughs> that is very stupid. Yeah. <clears throat> hey, what about the TV shows and Star Trek deals? Wasn't there a Star Trek? Well, they have Star Trek Enterprise uh, as Enterprise. Yep, that whole series. I've never seen it though, so couldn't put that on the list. 
I think Discovery is a prequel too, but nobody likes that one. Here's a list from WatchMojo.com. Is Mojo a monkey? <laughs> pray a monkey for the Simpsons. Oh. Yeah, yeah, pray for Mojo. Uh, Better Call Saul. They have ranked number one on their TV previews. Yeah. And they I have Hannibal. The consensus. They have Hannibal. I never heard of that. Bates Motel. I'm guessing that's... Uh, well, Hannibal, I yeah. think the TV show I'm assuming they're talking about, like that was also yeah. kind of a reworking of the material. And they even do Red Dragon in the show, so I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I can uh, They have Smallville. Uh, is it Wet Hot American Summer, first day of camp. Black Sails is a prequel to something. I don't know what. Uh, Fear the Walking Dead. Gotham. That, that show is not good at all. Right? Uh, that show was terrible. Even oh, here's, a, here's a good one, though. The Young Indiana Jones Chronicles. Did you guys yeah. ever watch that? Loved that when I was a kid. I have yeah. not seen it in twenty years, but I would love to see those again. Yeah, I haven't seen it either since I was a kid, but I loved that show when I was young though, yeah. Great. Um Young Sheldon. Of course. <laughs> no thanks. <laughs> Alright, so there you go. Alright, good job, Jank. Best prequels. Uh Tavi, I guess you can't think of any other prequels that you'd like to mention? No. Yeah, they had, I saw X Men First Class was listed uh, on a, some of them. Yeah, that movie is okay, but it wasn't that great. I think. No. But Rose Burns in it though, right? Because she's fucking awesome. And wasn't she Maura McTaggart in First Class? I think. I believe so. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, I think we lost Tuffy again. Oh no. Hey, Tuffy, you back? Yeah, I turned my car off because I got to Michigan and it kicked me off the call, I guess so. Wow, you've been talking all the way to Michigan. Yeah, it's been three hours. I guess we should as well fucking hang up. All right, so uh, next week, Jank, uh, you're picking a movie. Tuffy may or may not be here. Thank you very much.